Welcome, everybody, to another edition of the Tookie's Take Podcast. We are back again, your favorite hockey broadcast, a podcast that's supposed to be about hockey, but more often than not, the viewer question segment goes long, and we talk about Pokemon and other random stuff, whatever people ask us, really, and I'm, I'm sure we're in line for a few more. We got an extended viewer question segment today. It should be a fun one. And, of course, we have some playoff hockey to talk about and so many other things over the next hour. Maybe two? I don't know. We've had some long shows lately, gentlemen. We'll see how this goes. But I need to know, Endo Mills, how are you? I'm doing okay. I uh, mostly slept in today and just kind of did nothing. Just kind of what I usually always do. Um, but uh, I'm doing all right. How about you guys? How are y'all doing? How are you doing, Turkey? I'm doing good. I got no complaints. I, uh, I'm an old man who woke up again today and randomly had a pulled muscle. Normally, it's in my back. Now it's along my left rib cage. Mm. I don't think I've ever pulled a muscle in that spot. Yo, dude, but... one of the worst places to pull a muscle is like this one right here under like your armpit. Oh, so when I, when I was playing, me and my buddy, we used to play a shit ton of Connect Golf, which is by far my favorite like um, Xbox Connect. Do you remember Connect? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Were, were you born kidding. yet? Fucking hell. I'm like, um, what do you mean I was I was born? <laughs> Jesus Christ. Um, Connect was I'm way like, better than, than we. Uh, don't at me. Um, but yeah, we like mm-hmm. play Connect Golf, and we just play, like, we just played, like, for fucking hours. Like, the full 18 holes multiple times, and, like, the way you're swinging, like, over and over again. I woke up, and, like, that muscle, like, underneath my armpits was just so fucking sore. And, like, I definitely, like, pulled them somehow. It was, uh... You yeah. are probably in, like, the top 1% of people who played the Connect then, in terms of just pure playtime. Probably? <laughs> I mean, I my buddy had one. I didn't have one, but we'd go, I'd, we'd go over, we'd be at his place just drinking beer and playing Connect Golf. Like, I, I, I don't know. I, I love golf, obviously. I watched it. I played golf video games and connect golf was absolutely incredible. Like it was just all the whole, all the courses and the holes were just so creative and awesome. Like you could cut corners. Like there's this one hole where you, yeah, you could go down this way. You had different paths, but you could aim yourself like all the way to the right, split these two trees and get down, get down toward the hole in like a shot. And it was like a par six or seven. Cause they had wild ass things. And I made a, I think I made a condor there, which is a two-shot holding on a par seven. <laughs> it was incredible. You know, I never really had experience with the uh, with the Xbox Connect because when it was first announced, for the most part, I mean, there was like the 360 peripheral, but then when the Xbox One came around and it's like, you yeah. got to have it all the time. All always line. on in the DRM. We're watching you. Big, yeah, Big Brother like is watching. Yeah, And it was just like, uh, yeah, no, I'm not doing this. And then they... Like, <laughs> I think it's funny because I think this week was literally the 10 year anniversary of them announcing the Xbox One, yeah. which was wow. disastrous. Like Microsoft and Xbox still have not recovered from how disastrous of an announcement that console happened to be uh, to the point where recently um, the freaking head of Xbox is just like, yeah, we're still trying to kind of recover from the fact that we lost a shitload of ground to the PS4 and then to the Switch. Um, so the Connect does not have a great legacy, but I'm glad for Sin. There's some fond memories. I, I, have I loved it. I, I don't think I ever Kinect. played anything on a Connect. Oh man, really? Kinect Sports was the play. Like, okay, it was so, so good. 
there were very few games for the Kinect that actually worked properly. And it was like Kinect Sports, I think since Golf yeah. Game or whatever. That like was all the stuff Sports, that was yeah. like all the first party games worked properly because the the fucking thing actually moved. It actually yes. moved up and down the tracker full body versus other games and other other people who make games for it. They didn't move at all. So you'd play like Sonic Freeriders and that thing would just not work whatsoever. My favorite game, I think, was Dance Central. Like I had Dance Central 3 and I just played the crap out of it. Whole, like so much it was so good so you're the reason that when uh, e3 was still a thing every single year there would be here's just dance 17 and then oh, mills hate, is on his computer i hate, <laughs> just, I hate yes! just dance it's dance central the one that was <laughs> made by I wanted. <laughs> <laughs> the difference was is dance central was made by harmonics who made um rock band and they stopped making <laughs> rock band games at that point and they put on a dance game it's like oh snap this actually works and then there's star wars connect for the 360 Everyone loves Star Wars Connect. I'm Han Solo. I'm Han Solo. <laughs> God. You see what I mean about this allegedly being a hockey podcast? Oh, damn. Shout out to the Connect, though. I want to know. This is the part of the show that we need friend of the show, Monkey Dude, to listen to. I know he has thoughts and opinions on the Connect for Xbox. Uh, with that, though, our viewers have thoughts and opinions, and they also want to hear ours. But before we get to that, as always, we need to mention that this podcast is brought to you by our lovely friends at Manscaped.com. We want to remind you that you can go to Manscaped.com and use the code Tugi, that's T-O-U-G-I-E, for 20% off your order and free shipping. Again, that's code Tugi at Manscaped.com. The pinnacle, the peak, the best you can get in men's grooming. Head to toe. They got you covered, whether it be with the performance package 4.0, a luxury, and I say luxury, grooming kits. They got the Beard Hedger Pro Kit with the, the best beard comb in the game. It's not even a, it's not even a conversation. Manscaped.com. We thank them, and we thank all of you for listening to the show. And, uh, yeah, hey, let's get to those viewer questions as we do. Our first question comes from Bud Knight. Which team or teams outside of your favorites has the best overall look? So I imagine this would be logo, uniform, set, mm. so on and so forth. And that's uh, God. He did say in the NHL. Okay, so he did. Aww. He did clarify in the NHL. I didn't read that part. That's my bad. Um, because it's, I'm glad he said in the NHL. Because in the in the grand scheme of things, it's like oh my god, like there's just yeah, way a lot. that's a lot to think about. So thank you for narrowing it down. So. Which team? So Sin obviously cannot say San Jose. Although Sin, now that there was a full season for the Sharks with that new look, how do you feel about the Sharks' current look? Because I am still not on board with the teal pants. I kind of like it. Yeah, the teal pants are a bit weird. Like, it, I, I don't like the overall direction a lot of teams are going in this whole modern, like modern. I just don't like the whole modernization. What do they even call it? The style of like modernistic. Like it's so bland. Like you think a modernistic house? No, yeah, minimalistic. No, it's not, no? It's not minimalistic. Not like modern. It, like when, when you think both. of a modern house, it, it is like the modern, the modern like style is very minimalistic. Yes, but like it's it's called modern something. Any it doesn't fucking matter. Like yeah, modern housing is bullshit and gross and bland. It's like these box fucking houses. They're all like very monochromatic. And mm. like grayscale, so much of that, like even like the, your blues are gray, like that kind of look. Um, 
And I feel like the NHL is kind of doing that, but just they just keep taking out colors. The Sharks are basically just teal and white now. Right. You know, they keep removing more colors. And I do like the old going back to kind of the roots with that version of teal, that color of teal. I think it's a great color for uh, mm-hmm. uh, it contrasts well with the ice. They just need it just needs a little bit more oomph. like those teal pants can be a bit better. Yeah, if you're going to go teal pants, throw some throw some highlights on there, man. Something, anything, just the yeah. I, I don't know. I, I felt like, you know, hey, we go back to this teal set. I thought it looked good. It's just the, the black pants because it's like you have the black outlines on the jersey for both the home and away. I, I don't know. I don't know. I am uh, I am not a fan of that type of setup. I don't know what it is. It's like white jerseys with white pants. I'm like, no, yeah. that, that, that's oh, just yeah. not, that's not it for me. It's too much. Yeah. yeah. That's Ishul level of if you want. That's exactly yeah, what it, I think it was Ishul, and it's fucking terrible. <laughs> if you want the teal to pop, you got to contrast it more. Like that's the beauty of that color, especially. Yeah, it pops on its own, but when there's too much of it, it takes away from how good that color teal is. I like the orange that they had on their jerseys for a while. I don't know. Yeah, that was I great. Just like, like yeah, I I still want them to incorporate more orange, like or something. Fucking, I don't know. As I'm playing against them in the Sharks right now in my 17 file. <laughs> anyway, uh, um, my overall favorite <laughs> look for a team that's not mine. <laughs> yeah, yeah, uh, the original question. Which is how we started. Oof, that's a tough one, man. It, it kind is. Of so I'm, I'm looking on, and I'll link it here in our little chat, on NHL uniforms because they have the link or the, the display of yeah, every setup helps. for every team. The problem that I have is... I'm trying to think of like best overall look because there are teams like, I like the a Ducks. jersey. Yeah, like I like yeah. a jersey that they have. <laughs> like if if the Ducks, for example, went with the orange jersey, the one I actually have in the background, the Getzloff, you know, with the old school mm-hmm. Ducks logo on the front, and then their reverse retro was a white version of that. Tremendous. But then there's those two other jerseys that everyone's sick of. And of course that old school Ducks logo is still not their main logo. It's the it's the foot. So yeah. I'm like, ah, I don't know about that. Buffalo brought back the goat head. And that's it's a 10 out of 10 jersey. But I don't like the reverse retro style of it. And, you know, the normal home and away is fine. The royal blue, like it's fine. But it to me, it doesn't measure up to like how fantastic the goat head is as a jersey. So, yeah, I'm really struggling with that, you know, for overall look. Because for a lot of teams, it's like, well, I, I like that jersey and that jersey. But I don't know about these other ones. So it's it's a tough one. Yep. God. Well, if I had to, uh, if I had to pick one, I might go with Seattle. I have a Seattle a home away jersey. Yeah. I don't yeah. really like the the reverse retro. They like, could have like, more with it. They, exactly. Like it's a good idea. I just don't think they fully capitalized on it. Yeah. Um. I might honestly. I think I got to throw the Canucks in there too. I don't think they have a bad jersey. They have like the beret era, you know, black, red, and white, or black, red, and yellow. Excuse me. Uh, and then I loved the Canucks reverse retro this year as well. I'd I put Vegas the, I like in there the if it wasn't for that fucking mustard yellow. 
<laughs> their new their, their new primary home jersey. I still I've can't believe they're liked, going with that. I've really always liked Vegas's white jerseys. I don't know what it mm-hmm. is. Like it, it's it's a, it's a solid jersey, especially when they went with white gloves. I'm like that's a that's a that's a cool kit. Like right. before the before the game, I hated rivals. Like I fucking. Oh, this was back in the day where in Eastville you could choose like jerseys for drop-ins, I think. Yeah. Or OTP. Oh, I think this was yeah. still back in the day. Like, yeah, it's yeah, like that was play, a, yeah. that was a cool one to use. Like, yeah. so yeah, I, I have yeah. um, what's now the third jersey for Vegas, the gray, and I have a white one that's a freaking James Neal. <laughs> <laughs> all the all the jerseys to have a Vegas James Neal, but uh. I'm very glad to have it. Endo, is there an obvious answer for you here, or what are you thinking? I really like, again, Seattle's design is just chef's kiss. Um, but I don't know who else of a uniform I like. You know, um, Minnesota Wild, I will say, the Wild jersey. Uh, the What is it? The the hand the, the handwritten font where it says Minnesota Wild. I like that one a lot. Mm. Um, I can't remember what year that was. Let me double check on that website. Ah. God, that was yeah. Because they had that as an alternate, and they had it as like yeah. I, that's mm-hmm. the one I really really liked. Remember, because back in NHL seventeen, uh, I used to just use the Wild because of that jersey, which mm. is so nice. Where are they? Yeah, that was uh, yeah. They discontinued that in about twenty seventeen. I have uh, that jersey too. It's a Pavanel, so you know. Just gotta, yeah. Just flex the jersey collection. I don't do it enough, and I haven't bought a new one. Uh. I think I've bought one jersey this year so far, which was uh, the Buffalo Goathead. And then outside of that, I'm just like, got a wedding to pay for. Say goodbye to frivolous jersey purchase. <laughs> yeah. Oh, those days are, are on hold, at least for now. Um, but yeah, shout out, to, uh, shout out to old Bud Knight. Good first question. Oh, Next I didn't up. get the answer, but that's okay. That's fine. Didn't you? Nope. Yeah, Vegas, Seattle. Give no, us a I... full answer then. Um... I've been scrolling up and down here. Here's my issue. Like I, I love like one Jersey from a few different teams, such mm-hmm. as the Columbus's dark reverse retro. Brilliant. That, that the kind of really dark, the black. And then with the, uh, the late blue shoulders, like all the way across the arms. I think those are amazing. Um, uh, Les Habitants, their fucking alternate or reverse retro, whatever you want to call it. The baby blue. Love mm-hmm. it. Florida's, Alternate slash reverse retro, whatever you want to call it, love it. Dallas's neon green and black, love it. But for overall, the one I like the most jerseys out of it for, for me really has to be Arizona. I absolutely hate their pure bland red jersey with the Arizona written on it. I think that's mm. that's bad jersey. But their home, the Kachina home and away, brilliant. And then that orange with the cacti and stuff. What are they called? The peyote jersey? <laughs> something like that yeah they've, they've got a bunch of different names for, that's that's yeah so i think overall kit i have to go with arizona but like i said there's like teams that have like one jersey that i absolutely love like there's a few of them like that but i just can't get on board with the rest of their kit because the, the rest of the columbus's stuff is just boring as shit yeah yeah now Same i look Dallas. forward to uh <laughs> i look forward to hearing your new answer if the internet gets their way and the coyotes move See if they stay as the Salt Lake City Coyotes, perhaps, or plenty of coyotes in Utah. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. You know what? Actually, let's uh, let's talk about this really quickly because we were going to mention the Coyotes later on. Um, in the last uh, episode of the podcast, we talked about the conflicting information 
between Larry Brooks at the New York Post, who, uh, not often the most reputable, but the internet certainly ran with the idea of, hey, here's someone dunking on the Coyotes, let's agree with it. Whereas Craig Morgan, who we've talked about, follows the Coyotes, was, you know, counter, countering essentially every point. And, uh, surprise, surprise, uh, the, the former, in, in the form of Larry Brooks, is pretty much in the mud again. Um, Craig Morgan tweeted out this, quote, I'm aware of one such complaint lodged when Arizona flew from a late start in Edmonton, a March game that went to overtime, to Denver. Players wanted to stay overnight in Edmonton. They were told it was not cost-effective and got to their hotels around 5 a.m., and that pissed people off. Now, the big thing about the Larry Brooks story was, oh, and there's been all these complaints filed, and outside of this example... Pretty much nothing. He followed up saying, of note, I've heard from the vast majority of agents who represent Coyotes on the regular roster this past season. None were aware via their clients of any infractions that rose to the level of CBA violation. The PA had reps in Arizona frequently this year to monitor the situation. As others have noted, complaints by teams to the NHLPA are not uncommon. Uh, were there more with Arizona this season? Probably, given their unique situation playing at Mullen Arena. Uh, their training was at an off-site facility and they played 20 of their first 24 games on the road. But, yeah, essentially people jumping at the idea of, like, well, see, here's another reason why the Coyotes should lose their team. It's for all of these CBA violations. There weren't, yep. there weren't any. That didn't that didn't happen. So Yeah, it reminds me of, um, God, people think that's an issue. What was it? The Leafs got, got fined, like, 200000 or something like that mm-hmm. because they, cause they left – travel to play St. Louis on an off day was designated by the CBA but no one's talking about that shit anymore because it's not the hot topic about the the well the Arizona Coyotes now and that was just, yeah that was this season yeah that happened I found the article here um, from CBS Sports Maple Leafs fined a hundred thousand dollars for violating CBA after team traveled during holiday break uh, they traveled on December 26th and travel was not permitted until the next day. So uh, I'd also noted that the Flyers committed a similar CBA violation back in 2015. So mm-hmm. that type of stuff happens. <laughs> it's But again, people are in full-on attack mode to disparage the Coyotes organization at any possible turn. Of course. Uh, so it's not all that surprising, and, especially and like for... 90% uh, of them are Canadians too, which I just don't get. Yeah. I mean, I, I kind of get it. Like, you're elitist as fuck and you think it's your sport and you feel the ground shifting underneath you with all these other countries getting better and better at hockey with per Mm. capita finland watches more than anyone else in the world i believe like around 80 percent of their population watch the world finals or the world championships whereas in Mm. canada like that's the only time they get anywhere near those numbers is like an olympic gold medal game so it's like yeah yeah, i mean it's not your sport anymore canada like sure you they don't follow Yeah, Canadians um, don't follow the sport until there's something to win. Like the the semifinals and the finals matches, you're gonna see the most viewership from Canada for anything, anything regarding hockey whatsoever. We don't care about women's hockey until it's Canada in the finals against the U.S. or against, I guess, now Finland. Yeah. So, like, how do you call yourself hockey fans? You're actually just homers through and through. I've watched yeah. so many games in this playoffs. My teams aren't involved, but it's good hockey. People who aren't watching the semifinals, you're missing, or the conference finals, have fucking missed out. Like Florida's a goddamn wagon, dude. <laughs> like, just enjoy this. This doesn't happen all the time. I don't know why you're like, I don't have any interest because 
Yeah. It's elitism at its finest. Yeah. It's just like, just a weird elitist mindset. Same people who gatekeep hockey and opportunities from banks like Scotiabank looking to make things happen in the sport. And they're like, well, this is stupid. They, They should afford it on their own. And they're also probably the same people who pay to have their children uh, pay extra money out of pocket to have their children be on sport teams by buying uh, money spots onto a team. Like the whole GTHL, GTHL thing that we talked about. And it's, yeah, just just crazy. You know, other nations were mentioned there too. And we kind of talked about the IIHF World Championships that are going on right now. And, you know, again, it's it's not a huge thing over here until all of a sudden you're like, oh, Canada's playing in the semifinal. The U.S. are playing in the semifinal. Now, all of a sudden, it's starting to get talked about. Whereas, like, the biggest story for this is who are they playing in the semifinal? And Canada is going to be playing Latvia, uh, who upset Sweden 3-1. to one. It'll be Latvia's first ever semifinal in international competition. It'll guarantee a top-four finish for them in this tournament when they've never finished higher than seventh. Um, and they will face Canada, who did beat them... Uh, Six nothing earlier in the tournament, but still um, incredible for Latvia. Like this is a major, major story over there, and you know Latvia is in that conversation. Like, okay, most popular sport in the country. Like Canada, it's still hockey. Don't get Mm -hmm. me wrong, though. Like basketball with the Raptors, it's really stepped up. Baseball with the Blue Jays still consistently draws powerhouse numbers in that nation, but hockey's still the number one. Um, and Finland is the other country kind of in that category now, along with Latvia, where it's like, hey, this is this is our sport. Like, this is the biggest. Uh, and it's huge for Latvia. And the U.S. will be playing uh, Germany, both semifinals taking place on Saturday. Uh, and it was announced that Germany will host next year's competition as well, which is, cool. again, awesome. Yeah. It's one of those things where it's just like, for me, I just wish this tournament didn't take place at the same time as the Stanley as Cup. As the playoffs, yeah, yeah. Because like, I'd like to be able to follow it more because it's awesome knowing how important this tournament is every year, yeah. except for North America. Uh, Sin, you and I were affected by it because a week or so ago, um, all of our scheduled games at Sports Gamer. We're on hold because mm-hmm. people like we want to watch this tournament because games yeah. are being held in Finland. We want to watch. Yeah. This. And speaking of so, sports gamer, shout out to our uh, good Latvian friend Daniels, who's probably uh, enjoying his uh, country's success. I would imagine so. And I will be uh, rooting for Latvia. Needless to say, tomorrow I'm going to try my best to catch this game. And it's funny because we're approaching almost 10 years ago, right? The uh, Olympics where Christers Gudlevskis. Almost led Latvia to upsetting Canada, which was a absolutely gigantic story at the yeah. time. So, again, that tournament's going on. Semifinals on Saturday. I recommend no. people check it out and find a way to catch it if you can. I think this is part of the reason Canada doesn't realize how much the game is growing and how good that is for hockey. Is because mm. it's this like these tournaments like that where all this other world talent is displayed. It's like they don't. It's not on, on like a top of their priority. But then again, it just seems like only when Canada gets to a certain level of it, it's the same thing in the NHL, too. It's like only if a Canadian team gets to a certain level. But then at the same time, they turn around and be like, it's our sport because look how many Canadians play. It's like, and why aren't you watching it for that? If like they're so important to you, (laughs) like, why don't you just watch all your Canadian fucking countrymen competing because they aren't playing in your borders? They aren't playing for your team? Yep. That's why Spangler Cup, I think, honestly, should get more attention than it does as well. 
Is he have te technically speaking? You do have team. It sounds Canada like a golf tournament, by the way. Yeah, <laughs> Spangler saying. Cup. Yeah, <laughs> kind of does sound like it. But it's crazy because with the Spangler Cup, you'll get some crazy invitees over there. Mm -hmm. I've seen some AHL teams get invited over there. Um, you have a bunch of European teams, obviously. Team Canada brings their team, and they they dominate every year. But I'm surprised like no one really pays into any attention about that. I think they have something like ten championships with the Spangler Cup. It's something ridiculous. So, a lot of international hockey. I mean, it's just the only yeah. way to put it. There's a lot of international hockey, but it's just a shame that you know. And I'm I'm guilty of it as much as anybody. It's just one of those things where it's like it's just not at that top of the priority list. But. Yeah, and I'm going to make one more point about this, and then we can move on. Um, I just watched, I think for like the third time, I watched through The Last Dance on uh, Netflix, which is, of course, the Michael Jordan docuseries, mm. which is fucking one of the best docuseries ever made in the history mm -hmm. of anything. I'm not even just talking about sports. Um, and it, it gets me just so pissed at the NHL for not allowing NHL players to play in the Olympics. When that that first dream team kind of finally was there in 92, I believe it was, when Jordan went over there. And then just how much that grew the game of basketball. Like, you know how much Connor McDavid playing in the Olympics would do for the sport? Like, I think most hockey fans do, and that's where the frustration is as to why it hasn't yeah, happened yet. Like, he like, has yeah. not played on Olympic ice. We could see that, and then you could see it, like, you, it would just – and you would see a story where, like, in – what was it, 2004, when uh, the USA basketball team got absolutely raffle-stomped yeah. in the Olympics, and then they came back in 2008 and, you know, with Kobe and LeBron and, like, that – the redeem team, I think they called it. Yeah, that's another good freaking little uh, documentary on Netflix. I watched too. that too. Yeah, yeah, that was on Fantastic. Netflix. I think. Fantastic. Yep. Yeah, but like, just look at what happened in basketball. You know, if you think '92, you think of all the kids who watched during that. How many of them were playing in those Olympics in 2004? Who watched that dream team? Who were inspired by the sport of basketball? Mm -hmm. And it grew so much and. Now you look in the NBA, Don Cheech and all these other guys, like all these, you know, European, like we could have that in the NHL and, and it's, and it's, it's been growing like that already, but how much would it affect it? Next Olympics, Connor McDavid goes there 10 years later, there's going to be so many new good European players. But sin yesterday or two days ago on NHL.com, there was an article Gary Bettman received Sports Business Journal's Lifetime Achievement Award, recognized for growth of the league and creativity oh, in 30 years on the job. Great. That's cool. <laughs> I wasn't sure if I was going to be able to mention that and find a way to fit it in, but it's just so funny where you're talking about, yeah, it's like the growth of the sport. And I'm like, what do you mean? Gary Bettman just got a claim for his growth, of his <sighs> impact in growing the sport. Yeah, by he has, but he's done it in North America. Yeah. He's done a good job in North America, not so much in the rest of the world, especially now that they've stopped allowing NHL players to go to the fucking Olympics. But Sid, they have the Global Series where they play against subpar teams and then over in Europe and then almost get waffle stopped if you're the No one cares about Florida that Panthers. compared to the Olympics. Like, you know how much okay. Ovi wanted to play in the Olympics? I remember that whole thing when this first was decided. Anyway, that, that was my last point about that is just how much more the game of hockey could grow. You're not, wrong. Yeah. You're not wrong. From RG Dust, what will Sin do when Vegas wins the cup? Personally, it doesn't matter to me who wins, but I'd rather uh, it be the Panthers just trying some reverse uh, reverse psychology. And then there's a, a second question, which we'll see if we get to. But 
Um, so, obviously, we're going to talk about game four last night between Vegas and Dallas in a little bit. We'll talk about the Florida Panthers moving on to the Stanley Cup final in a little bit as well. Uh, but there is, despite Dallas winning last night, still incredible odds that Vegas could win the Stanley Cup this year. Yeah. And uh, I don't think Sin will. I mean, I'm, I'm not going to answer for you, but I don't think you're going to do much of anything. I think he'll just be like, ah, well, that sucks. Yeah, it does suck. I don't want him to win. Like, <laughs> but at the same time, it's not going to be the end of my world. It'll hurt less much. Like, it'll it'll hurt less than if the Sharks were still competitive. I think that's part of it. But mm. also, like, I don't attach my happiness to things like this. Um, right. <laughs> like, I don't attach my love of the game for this. Uh, I'll still chirp them and I'll get heat back. I'm not, I, I welcome it. Obviously, if I go out there and chirp Vegas the way I, of course I welcome heat. Like, I don't give a shit. Um, I hope they don't because it just, to me, since this is such a copycat league, I'm and I know people are going to think this is an excuse and think it's just because I hate Vegas and they raffle snob the Sharks in the last like 12 games. They're like, we're like one in 11 against them or some shit. Um, <laughs> but it's, I don't want other teams doing their business practices of like, just constantly trading players and going for the next big thing. And cause it's not going to work for other teams like it does for Vegas. Number one, but also that takes away from so much. I don't know. It's just, I don't like how they've built their team. I don't like how they've treated players both with, you know, just as like faceless people, like faceless chips in their bid for this, like, like it's franchise mode in NHL. Yeah, yeah. There you go. Thank you. Like, the, they're still humans. Yes, you got to make business decisions. Teams do that all the time. Vegas is different. They've been, and it's not just me saying this. And it's people within their own camp, too, who have said this. Bloggers who love Vegas have said this, too. Like, this is a becoming a bad trend of theirs to constantly just be like, okay, this guy sucks. Get rid of him. He's he's worthless now and, and things like that. Like... Look what they shed Patch already for. And unfortunately, yeah, he continued to get injured, but that man looked freaking good when he was on the ice. They gave him away for free because they're like, all right, next back thing, we need the cap space. You know, uh, I don't want teams to, to copycat that. You know what I mean? Like, I don't want teams to take this mentality of. I don't know. It's. I mean, no, I know it's, what you mean. Yeah. Yeah. It's just. Go ahead. <laughs> it's just the. Um, I, yeah, yeah, I've said it before. They're the, they're the Vegas high rollers. They're looking to always be a competitive team whatsoever because they know that if you're a competitive team, it brings in more money and stuff like and that kind of stuff. I think the big view on that was after, you know, they didn't make the playoffs last year and then they had to do the cap situation and they kind of realized, you know what, we're just going to be all in all year, whatever we can. They've been the most egregious person, the most egregious team to use up the whole cap situation with, you know, uh, what was it? Mark was it Mark Stone? It was Mark Stone and Michael. Like you know, they're mm-hmm. hurt and everything, and keep them out for a bit. And then, oh, now the season's uh, season's over. Okay, now they're ready to go completely. Let's go, kind of thing. And it, it, it's it it gives off the vibe that they're getting more of like a slimy organization in the way of you know they're like you said they're trading away players. It's cutthroat. They're cut. Yeah, very like, cutthroat. <laughs> I mean, you you paraded around Mark Andre Fleury as the face of your franchise. You had him come out there on the expansion draft in the jersey, and mm-hmm. look how they parted ways with him. Yeah, like For they me. did this before too. With I think it was Eakin or Howla, and also with um, Steroid Boy. 
uh, Schmidt. Nate Schmidt. Yeah. Yeah. New dad, boy. Nate Schmidt, by the way. <laughs> Saw that on, cool. online. That's cool. Glad his balls still work. Um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> that's proof he didn't test positive. How could oh, I yeah, have a kid unless I wasn't taking steroids? He yeah. ate a hormonal steak. Um, yeah, like just they just they like hap, like all those guys didn't find out from the team that they're going to be traded. Like they found out in other ways, and the team was just like, "Oh yeah, oh whatever." Like they're they're so fucking excited to get this this like here here's what I equate it to: a family has a has a dog. It's been with them for years. It's their goddamn you know. It's their family pet. He's part of their family. That dog starts to get old. They take it to the fucking shelter and leave it there to get a new oh. puppy. That's what <sighs> Vegas is. That's literally what Vegas is. <laughs> and that's the best analogy I'll ever have for them. I thought you said they're going to take it back to the woodshed and just, pop, pop, you know, like, <laughs> no, that's it's even worse. They make the fucking thing suffer in a shelter. And like, all right. Yeah. Like that's getting a little carried away, but it's, it's the concept. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. I'm, Fuck now, you, I'm, I'm, actually, I'm actually now getting mad at dog owners who do that. So <laughs> in fairness, they did send him to Chicago, which, you know, that's pretty cruel. Yeah. That's pretty yeah. Cool. <laughs> to, to that point, right. We'll obviously be talking about Vegas for the rest of our lives as hockey fans in terms of how they entered the league, what it looked like they were going to do. And then how quickly everyone realized, and them especially, oh, we don't have to suck. We were handed all of this talent through the expansion draft because other GMs fucking panicked. And Mm -hmm. then, oh, Mark Stone's available? Sure. Jack Eichel's available? Sure. The hell with the consequences. Like, here are the big names we can get. To your point... No one's necessarily saying like, oh, it's it was the wrong idea to get Mark Stone or Jack Eichel. I mean, look at how well they're playing no. in the postseason right now. Right. But it's the way they did it. The way they mm-hmm. conducted themselves to do it by essentially, you know, hey, good luck. Good luck, Flurry. See you later. Uh, you know, it's just the way they conducted themselves throughout that process that rubs so many people the wrong way. Yeah. Like I think they, I nailed it. Yeah. They're a corporate team. They are the most corporate team out of all the 32 NHL teams out of everything. Something's not working. Okay, flip it out. Play, bring someone in. That's basically what it is. Yeah, they, yeah, they expect I mean, loyalty from players, and they don't give any back in return. Like, hell, how many times did they sign a long-term contract and then trade that dude like a year later? <laughs> Vegas oh, capitalist nights. Talk. They traded like five or six years left on his deal. <laughs> like, <laughs> hey, you're a big part of this team. Oh fuck, shiny new toys. See ya. Like that's mm. that's that's literally how it went every single time. I'm looking at uh, a list of signings that they've had under uh, current GM Kelly McCrimmon, who's been there uh, as the GM for almost four years now. Um, and obviously, his biggest signings: Petro, who's still there; Martinez, Riley Smith, mm-hmm. uh, Robin Petro. Leonard, still technically oh, yeah, there. Yeah, Martinez. They got rid of Martinez, didn't they? Or no, he's still there. He is still there. Yeah. Um, Do they have Muzzin at any point and then trade? No. I, what am I thinking of? You're thinking of the Kings. Huh. No, yeah. No, yeah. I, I, I'm thinking of something where they signed someone like long-term and then like traded them very quickly, but I don't know. Either way, uh, that Petro contract's going to age poorly. Within the next one to two years, they're going to try to trade him and probably give him away while paying assets. You know, it's funny because I'm sitting here thinking that like, there is somebody – and it's like, I know George McPhee was technically the GM of the team. 
uh, for three years. Like he was the GM in September of 2016. Um, and for his signings, God, he's the one that signed Mark Stone to that extension too. Yeah, it was a three-year deal for Flurry that um, McPhee signed. He was dealt out before it ended. Th- uh, four-year deal for Patch already dealt before it ended. Uh, three years for Stashney. I don't remember if he was there for the full three years. Six-year contract for Nate Schmidt in October <laughs> and of 2018. He was traded in October of 2020. Yeah, wow. like that's what I'm talking. Like it's it's wild. And I get it, it's a business, yeah, Alex, but... The Alex Tuck extension, October 2018, seven-year deal, and then obviously sent to Buffalo for Jack Eichel. Um, <laughs> the Vadim Shipachov signing, <laughs> where he's like, I am not going to the AHL. Fuck you, I'm going home. <laughs> yeah. Which is still hilarious. Um, they have they have an interesting history, to say the least. Uh, obviously, quite polarizing. Is yeah. the, probably the most positive I could talk about it. Uh, the second question from RG Dust: uh, What style of facial hair is seen as making you a straight-up douchebag above neck all be- others? Neck beard. Get fucked. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> oh, <fine. laughs> um, I, don't, I don't rock the neck beard because I think it looks good. I, if the neck beard's growing out, it's because I'm fucking lazy and I have too much shit to do. Those thin-ass chin straps, oh, man. Fuck oh, fuck that. You're a that douchebag if you have that. the thing on the planet. That and the one, it's just like the face one, like right over here, right around the muscle, like just that, that, that right around like the upper lip oh, the and the jaw right there. Yeah, not the, not just the goatee, but like just like all around in the circle right here. So yeah, the goatee, I guess. Um, <laughs> not the goatee, <laughs> but the goatee. I don't know facial hair. I can barely grow it. I have a little bit of a fucking flavor saver coming through and I'm going to shave it off probably mid podcast. So, you know. Using with your his, fine with his beard hedger pro kit. <laughs> yeah, I'll, you'll finally use the beard hedger to shape off the fucking. There you go. I'll probably just use a lawnmower at that point because it's so small. There you go. Fair enough. Yeah. Uh, from Yose, how would you feel about NHL players being on podcasts more and maybe even starting their own podcast like we've seen from NFL and NBA players, uh, like the New Heights podcast by Kelsey, uh, by the Kelsey Brothers, Podcast P by Paul George, etc. Um, so NHL players on podcast, that's obviously stepped up a lot in the past few years uh, mm-hmm. because of a, uh, a certain a certain podcast that has really jumped out to the forefront of hockey podcasts. Um, it is a thing that is happening more and more on a regular basis. What really hasn't happened yet are current active hockey players having their own podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know what? Screw it. Well, well I was going to mention this at the end of the show because I didn't want to give it any sort of headline option. But, you know, you talk about um, hockey players on podcasts. Again, whether or not it's, I mean, again, obviously the the biggest one uh, being, of course, Chicklets. Um, it's been at the forefront. Okay, hockey players on podcasts, whatever. Steve Dangle podcast has had hockey players on. That is what it is. Uh, and then obviously the most recent example uh, as we were going to have in a segment later on called Idiots in Hockey. Um, obviously, this week, uh, Andrew Shaw was on a podcast. And uh, as I like to call it, CTE, the podcast, instead of giving its actual name as uh, former NHL goon Chris Nyland is the host of it, um, Andrew Shaw basically embarrassed him, fucking embarrassed himself, like just outright embarrassed himself. Uh, to the surprise of nobody, really, in response to his comments in regards to Kyle Beach and uh, everything that happened there. And 
I, for one, can't believe a guy who got suspended for calling a referee a homophobic slur would ever do such a thing. Um, I feel sorry for Andrew Shaw uh, because either you are a horrific person at age 31 uh, or your brain chemistry has already been that negatively affected by punches to the head that you're going downhill fast before you should even be reaching a midlife crisis. Yep. We can't go throughout this show without mentioning this because it was one of the biggest things. Um, that's an example of the negative side of uh, hockey players on podcasts because, uh, yeah, I don't know, maybe it says something. That at age 31, you're washed up and having a shit talk on a podcast. Anyway, um, in regards to modern players being on podcasts or having their own, specifically having their own podcast. How many of them are told not to? That's what you got to know. Exactly. It's the (laughs) antithesis of hockey culture and how most players conduct themselves. The only player I could see right now having their own podcast is Matthew Kachuk or the Kachuk brothers. Like, who else? Can you imagine if Trevor Zegras had a fucking pod, skilling it up with Trevor Zegras, how much negative fucking press he'd get for yeah. daring to do that. Oh, mm-hmm. this fucking guy. He Michigans, and then he has his own podcast. What an egomaniac. Like, you Doesn't know that's care about the team. <laughs> He's all about himself a fucking show off. Like, again, it's just we, we don't follow and cover a sport that is set up in a way that allows players to actually have personality to the point where someone like Matthew Kachuk shows this small, small, minuscule amount of personality, and people are like, he's the new face of the league. He has personality, and it's like, pretty sure he's not the only one. Yeah. Like, that's the thing, and like, the other thing about some of these hockey podcasts is like, um, many of them are not very different. In the sense that if they contain former players, all they do is push the same culture that's right now. Like, yeah, they have maybe a bit more personality, but all their opinions and all what they do and don't talk about is the same as what the NHL does and doesn't talk about. Unless uh, you get, I remember there, sorry to interrupt, but there was a podcast, Nick Kiprios was on the Steve Dangle podcast, like six, seven years ago. And that was one of the first examples of a player just being like, yeah, I'm going to tell party stories from back in the day. Or in a sense. Like, he told a story yeah. about uh, the Rangers going out to clubs. And people are like, oh, he's talking about stuff. This is unbelievable. And it's like it takes Nick Kiprios in his fucking 40s, 50s, having a cushy job being uh, to finally feel confident enough to just be like, yeah, I can show some personality and talk about some stories. Yeah. yeah. Like, um, um, like, for example, uh, during when Curtis Gabriel was coming up as this dope ass enforcer, just especially on the sharks, uh, like chicklets wouldn't, they wouldn't agree to his terms of being able to talk about the work he does, uh, for the LGBT community and for diversity in the NHL. They didn't want to touch him because they wanted him on the show. He said, okay, here's what I want to plug. And they said, no. Yeah. So fucking tell me like, like this is why there's not more like, like there's just, is very very conservative and old school mentality in hockey where if like you can have personality but you have to have the right personality you have to be a bissonette whitney who and i'm not gonna talk trash about the guys but they kind of epitomize what hockey culture is it's like this prototypical you know alpha personality who talks shit drink beer and Mm -hmm. 
and you know punch faces and try and win. It's not a personality. It's a fucking stereotype. They right. don't have like they have a stereotype, and that's all that we have to, for personality. Like there's that stereotype, and then there's the yeah we got to get pucks in deep and uh, be a little stronger in our defensive zone and uh, like that. Those are the two hockey personalities right now: is be mm-hmm. loud about being a dick or be boring. Correct. Like that, that's what it is. I mean, it's to the mm-hmm. point where Jesus Christ, like. Did Dougie Hamilton go to a museum? Fucking nerd. <laughs> like, yeah. That was the response to that. It's just, yeah. And you look at like the top players in the league. You cannot imagine Connor McDavid having his own podcast. No. You can't really imagine Nathan McKinnon having his own podcast. Like I said, the only guy I can really think of is, is Matthew it was a Chuck. Nu- nutrition podcast i don't know i mean nathan mckinnon does stream on twitch so he has a little bit of personality so i I can see him doing something like that probably but would he i don't know i don't know how for sure he would uh conduct himself in terms of actually kind of you know fully embracing the idea versus being yeah i don't want to say apolitical but in a sense apolitical of like oh i don't want to ruffle any feathers with this you know i'm still an active player so i don't know i don't know it's just (laughs) it's such a foreign concept the idea of like yeah here's active nhl player with the podcast the best we are still likely to get is oh Sidney crosby went on chicklets He, he talked about the dryer again that's fun or was it a washing machine instead of the dryer? Who's to say? I have no idea. That's the controversy. Sidney Crosby finally clears the air. Washing machine or dryer? Spitting chicklets, episode 722. Like, it's, I don't know. Hockey sucks in a lot of ways. <laughs> Sorry, that's true. Uh, from AJ, what's the last movie each of y'all? So, don't say y'all. You're from fucking British Columbia. I say what is- y'all a lot, and I'm from <laughs> California. I don't know why. You're an American at least, god damn it. That's true. Fuck you, AJ. You. <laughs> What's the last movie? Jesus. It's the last movie each of y'all saw in theaters. Fuck. Sonic I, the Hedgehog. Oh, I saw the One Avatar water One. pitch. Oh, you saw Avatar: The Way of Water. Yeah, that was, that was the, the water. last movie on a date. And, so that's how long ago it was. <laughs> Before uh, Finland on a date. And how was it? Yeah, how was it? Was a good water? movie. I, yeah. I cried multiple times because I love Avatar in the sense that um, it's very, uh, very good about fuck humans because they're destroying beautiful, beautiful things. And sure. they do good at that. At, at like, you know, yeah. We suck at having hockey players of personality and we suck at, uh, you know, protecting the environment. Um, okay, let's. <laughs> I, I can't help it. I, uh, I, I saw the uh, headline in regards to U.S. politics that a certain someone who might be running president uh soon said that uh climate change isn't actually as bad it's just been overly politicized ah meatball ron thanks buddy thank <laughs> you make you meatball ron sin we're, we're both moving to finland buddy <laughs> this is happening <laughs> i'm going like i'm i'm gonna do my best and get out before the next election because it's going tits up god uh yeah it's it's time to time to jump the titanic you know jump off the titanic here i'll take my chances in the cold waters of finland uh, over being on this sinking ship. Um, Endo, last movie you saw in theaters, you said Sonic. One or two? One. Have you seen the second one? No. Cool. 
<laughs> I went in front of the Korean knuckles and all. <laughs> I'll go watch that in theaters. I'll skip too. No, I just don't go to. Th- you mean don't Chris really Island? Yeah. Mm. I don't go to the knuckles, Chris. <laughs> Oh, God. Four penises and none of them can get up. Anyway, uh, the last movie that I saw in theaters was about a year... What? Echidnas have a lot of penises, and I doubt Chris Nyland can get hard anymore. What do you want? Fuck that old bitch. What? (laughs) Okay. Alright, this is this fucking Whoa, okay. This has been a long time since we had a yeah, but podcast too, really if, if derailed. You, if you if you saw him in the street, he'd beat you up because he that would. matters. That matters. <laughs> he would. He would beat me up, and that's good to know. I can't wait. I will invite him over <laughs> for dinner and we can go fight in the backyard. It'll be good. It'll be a fun <laughs> time. Second, can't wait. <laughs> he said, I'll invite him over there we can both go fuck ourselves. We're like, adults All right, cool. here. <laughs> yeah. That works too. Fuck's sake. Uh, last movie I saw in theaters was the Bob's Burgers movie uh, of last they year. They made a movie? Holy shit. <laughs> they did. It was fun. It was a good time. If you like the show, you like the movie. It's easy to watch now. But uh, uh, yeah. Bob, I flipped my burgers. Bob, you flip burgers! <laughs> what? <laughs> it's in my head. I just had to <sighs> God. From oh. Razor Sharp. We're, dude, we're about an hour into this and we're still not even through viewer questions. This is great. Oh my god. Uh, in fairness, we mixed in some of our talking segments for later. We anyway. did. Uh, okay. From Razor Sharp, reaction to this and why media outlets and fans think this way and how to fix it if possible. So basically, it was a video clip. Uh, and to quote it, it was the Denver Nuggets aren't compelling to talk about or write about. And that's been the big talking point since they swept the Lakers was they're not being talked about. LeBron's being talked about. And I will give LeBron James a lot of credit. He is so fucking smart at making sure his name is out there at all times. The second the Lakers lose, the word's out. (gasps) LeBron might be done. And that's all anyone's talking about. No one's talking about the Nuggets. No one's talking about Jokic and how we got robbed of an MVP. And now this team's in the final. The Denver Nuggets in the final for the very first time. They're all talking about LeBron. Uh, Mm -hmm. To the point where Charles Barkley mentioned the disrespect to the Denver Nuggets and how everyone fell over themselves to talk about LeBron. Um, There is no way to fix that, though. Media outlets will always run with what they think is a bigger deal. And it's true. The idea of LeBron James retiring is a bigger deal than the Denver Nuggets making the playoffs or making the finals for the first time. That's just a fact. Um, It's a star driven league in the NBA and when there's the thought that the biggest star and I mean Jesus Christ you know obviously when LeBron was drafted it was here's a generational talent a, what's above a genera- a once in a generation talent essentially um, that that's going to take center stage uh, it would be the same thing as if the word came out that Sidney Crosby was the, the day the night the Florida Panthers completed the sweep against Carolina. If word came out that Ovechkin or Crosby was contemplating retirement, that would be the lead story for hockey. It would be. Um, that's just the way it is. I, I I don't really have too much else to add on that. That's just the way it yeah. is. Even though it shouldn't be because those players will have their moments of, okay, now is when we can get our headlines in there and eulogize their careers even though they'll have their moments, it's like, no, we need the headlines. We need to click. Oh, my God, Sidney Crosby at retire? We need to make sure our SEO is on point and we're right up there for whenever people search on that. So, Yeah, I'd say it. that's definitely fair. I think that's a big part of it. I also think another part of it is uh, 
people media can be fucking lazy. You can make a story compelling, uh, but instead everyone goes with the easy clicks are. Yeah, it just goes back to how everything's about ratings and how much this has affected things, especially in in media outlets, news outlets, etc. So forth. You're always going to go with the easy rating because Mm -hmm. it's safe, secure. Same way with why people like, why do movies suck so much? Well, DVDs are kind of irrelevant, and that was a huge cash cow for the movie business, so you're always going to get safe movies now. There's not going to be at Goodwill Hunting's coming out a lot because it's not safe, and people invest a lot of money, and they want it just things to be safe. People in corner offices, all they care about is, t- is keeping their job. They don't care about progress. Like It's same in the media side of things where it's like, hey, we know this is going to get clicks, don't care about you over there, intern, who has this really cool, well-written, creative story about how the Denver Nuggets are doing something special. LeBron. You mention LeBron, it gets clicks. It's lazy, it's easy, but it makes sense. Yeah, I, remember, and I mean, to yeah. that point... Go ahead, Anna. Yeah, I was going to say, um, it's, it's also like with movies, like you said, uh, Sin, there have been... In the span of there being 10 Fast and Furious movies, there have been 23 MCU releases. 23. Mm. Like, in the current, like, the last, uh, what's it called, block or whatever they have for the MCU, the phase or whatever they're calling, just a stupid marketing tactic, and it works for people. There was a new release for something every month. It was either Mm. a special, uh, like a Netflix special, it was either a, like a, direct movie or whatever or something in the films something in the actual theaters it was ridiculous and you can see like the product itself was just flop that's another thing the product just itself was flopping just terrible all around and it just printed money people just went to go see it in drones and people are finally getting tired of that shit just dropped into your plate and they're basically like a trough and just eating like a pig it's it's gross it's to that point essentially right of like okay even if there are you know, hidden. It, it basically brings back the term "hidden gem" into that much more relevancy. Where there have been great films where people are like, "Oh, hey, no one really noticed this." Yeah, it's like, well, yeah, because in terms of its theatrical release, it was never given a shot. Like, there's a reason why. Not to say it's a great film, but there's a reason why something like Morbius was memed to death. Where it's just like, what are you doing, even releasing this? How dare you? And then they pull it out of theaters and people meme it to death. They're like, well, well I guess we'll bring it back because it can make a little bit more money. Um, it's, yeah, it's... <laughs> what a depressing episode in some ways, huh? Mm-hmm. <laughs> God yeah. damn it. God damn it. But, yeah, it, it's just... It's it's the way it is at this point. It's, it's all about least amount of work for the most amount of profit. America, baby. Yep. America. Least amount of risk, too. That, too. From Cynical Blues, other than Toronto, are there any markets where the media is such a detriment to the team? Canada. <laughs> anywhere in Canada. Yes. Anywhere in Canada. It's ridiculous. <laughs> like literally anywhere in Canada. Oh, God. Now, the opposite of this would be Colorado, where it's like, hey, Nate, you ever think just fuck it, let's win the thing? <laughs> Yeah, that worked see, out very but well. But those are like outliers. Like, but you get something like constantly out of Toronto or or any of the Canadian markets in particular. That's always like there's there's like seriously in in every single of those, uh, I can't even think of the word. Anyone, every one of those markets, there's always one or two reporters who are just fucking idiots. You have Spectre and and oh. etc. for Edmonton and Boston belongs on this list. And Do everybody they? in New England 
when you say two people, everyone in New England knows who I'm about to say. All right? They know this. Now I'm going to say it. Say it together with me, audience. Felger and Mass. <laughs> who are, they are. Like the antithesis of the fucking dumbass Boston sports radio hosts. Like, they are. If you've ever heard a clip from Boston sports radio of a fucking scorching hot take, it's them. Bless them, by the way. Secure the bag, gentlemen. I don't know how the fuck you do it. Uh, basically, fucking New England Stephen A. Smith's. Uh, you do a great job. Like, really, it's something to strive towards, just how you've been able to hold down jobs. It's impressive. Um, anyway, continue. Boston's on the list, by the way. So All right. Boston's on the list. But, yeah, that's – I forgot where I was going with it. Sorry. But, uh, no, it's fine. Uh, no, yeah, any any Canadian market. But, the, yeah, in, in Canada, there's always, like, those one or two reporters in particular who are just awful – like legitimately yeah. awful, but they probably get clicks. And in Canada, that matters because it's that's their sport. And but Why yeah, Steve it, Simmons still has a job. Exactly. Like that was another one I was thinking of. Like Steve Simmons, you think of him, you think of Mark Spector. Uh, there's this other guy. Oh, and I cannot remember his name. Starts with an M. Who also works for the Ed Matheson? I want to say. Oh, Jim Matheson. Yeah. Edmonton. Yes, Madison. he's yeah. awful. He, he like his writing is legitimately, objectively awful too. And people hate him, and he probably gets clicks because of that. And yeah, I yeah, yeah. Media is a detriment to the team because here's why: they build you up to also break you down. Now that's not just a Canadian market thing, but right. they love they Canada loves it the most because um, they get to build up Matthews and Marner. Say they're these franchise potentially generational players, like they said about Matthews. Lol, by the way, um, and they get to trade him away. And then and then you get him to these insane cap pits. You're like, how did this happen? Oh, we had no part in this. Like, fuck off. Yeah, <laughs> it's it's <laughs> I'm already thinking of uh, this is probably the second week I've made the Eric Andre joke, but it's just like piping up his value shoots Panable in the back. He's like yeah. piping up his value completely. Who raises cap value? Mm. And our final question from Scroopy Noopers. You are, it's a theoretical, you are a ruler of an empire. Which historical figure from human history would you want to command your army? Mm. Now, obviously, mm. we have to put the context on this. If we can't say modern times, because Jesus, <laughs> you can't sit there. No, Jesus isn't my answer, by the way. Um, you can't sit there and be like, yeah, um, give, give me fucking Genghis Khan and fucking let me send him over to Russia for World War III. Like, that's just it doesn't equate. Uh, but this is a beautiful question for Sin. Uh, <laughs> um, that's, that's a tough question though, right? Like, <sighs> damn. Damn, I'm trying to think, because I have I have a couple answers too, but so much of my idea of this was um, like I'm just such a big like Roman Empire history nerd, and I'm you know I'd, I'd be likely to go there, but at the same time I'm like, well shit, that empire fell eventually, as all empires oh, I, do. Uh, yeah, every, every, everything does. Moving to Finland. <laughs> yeah, this is a, this is this is a tough one because there's so many eras to consider. Like goddamn, one of them for me has to be Charlemagne, uh, fucking genius military commander combining like. 
again, he united pretty much all these Germanic tribes in the early medieval period to form Francia. And, you know, he like it was legit strategic genius. And then he mixed in savagery and brute force, which is the perfect thing. It's that balance of you have to be a great mind, but also be a fucking savage because it's war. That's one mm. of them. Endo. Yeah, okay. When you said Charlemagne, I thought you meant Charlemagne the God, and you're talking I about like uh, yeah. I thought I thought I was like, wait Who? a second, hold on. Who the fuck oh, is the... Charlemagne the God? Charlemagne is a military commander from the early oh, medieval I, times. I was talking about the guy who talks on the Breakfast Club and talks hip hop and RB. <laughs> I was like, yeah, sure. Charlemagne the God is a good. He's a good guy. He's a music producer as well too. I was like, wait a second, and then you just went, no, he was like a war conqueror who like you know ruled them with an iron fist. I'm like, this guy just talks about hip hop. Canadian okay. public school iron system. <laughs> yeah. Canadian school system. God, I had so much to say about this. But please Go on, t- continue, continue to talk about the breakfast show. Or <laughs> the breakfast club. Yeah. Ugh. I, yeah. Um, I'd have to give a big shout out to Alfred of Wessex. Uh, tremendous. Alfred and like. <laughs> what? I'm looking it up right now. <laughs> King of the yeah. Anglo-Saxons. Yeah. Straight pimp. Yeah. And he's also featured kind of a personification of him in the show The Last Kingdom, um, which is part of the reason I got way more deeper into early medieval. I've always loved the medieval period, but early medieval is actually now one of my favorite ones to think about. Um, shit, dude. Like, there's just so many. And you even <sighs> think about into other ones. If anyone says George Washington, I'm going to smack you. He was actually an awful, awful military commander. Don't fucking at me because it's true. I don't care how much of American flag you jerk off onto. That man was a shitty, American. Yeah, he was a shitty military (laughs) commander, like objectively bad. He walked his armies into so much bullshit. And it was only because of guerrilla warfare from militias that America really ever had a chance. Like Washington was such a shit commander. Thank you, Mel Gibson. The best, uh, least accurate historical movie of yeah. all time, The Patriot. Oh, I also man. have to give a shout out to Saladin as well. He was uh he was pretty sick. Again, I could go on and on and on with this. Um Hey yo, can I get a quick shout out to Christina Applegate? Toku uh shit. <laughs> Tokugawa, I think is that? Uh, I think Tokugawa of uh late medieval period during uh, the war between Eastern and Western uh, daimyos in Japan, Tokugawa was a fucking beast. Like, absolutely out-politicked, out-strategized the uh, Western forces of Ishida. Like, just completely mopped the floor with him. Had all, had uh, his commanders just sit back and not attack or had them defect to his side. And then, the uh, yeah, brilliant. That was the Battle of Sekigahara that I'm referring to. But, yes, um... God damn! I sh- I, I'm going to stop now because I can keep going, and I don't want to. I'm nerdy enough as it is. Ah, it's beautiful. I could I could throw in a few Romans out there, but you know what? We'll hold off, and we will move on because we should probably talk hockey. Sorry. At some point in the <laughs> shout out my <laughs> shout out my dad. His name was Roman. Uh, <laughs> sorry. Uh, keep going. <laughs> yeah, you should name some of your military commanders so I didn't just monopolize that whole. Second. Oh, God. Well, I mean, in a general sense, though, like you kind of mentioned, like, okay, so for like the Roman side of things, like. General Aladdin. That's my favorite general. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I, know. I mean, you can sit there and mention 
<laughs> in terms of conquest, I mean, in fairness, this question was for commanding an army, but then you get into the questions of, like, all right, the conquest side of things, and you could even go, like, with Julius Caesar outright, and some of the stuff he was involved with, and shout out to Hadrian and his damn wall, because that's who I want to command an army, someone who understands good defense. Yeah. <laughs> that's what I there want, go. God damn it. Um, and then Jesus, I mean, Alexander the Great, just in an outright yeah. sense, just for the sheer amount of land conquered, for fuck's sake, I mean. Yeah. Yeah, you, you could you could just... See, that's a good one. Who do I want commanding my army? And then that that's that's the reason why I cut out Attila the Hun. Um, brilliant strategist, but he'll, he's going to fucking betray you. <laughs> like, oh, 100%. He yeah, betrayed his own bro- brother. He probably killed his uncle. Like, <laughs> I don't want him yeah, commanding it's, my it's army because it's like, coming against me. <laughs> it's a lot of like, okay, I don't want to name someone where I have to potentially turn on them before they turn on me. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Didn't work out for Blada and Attila saw to that. God, and do I imagine that's the same look you had on your face in most history classes? While Sin and I are there in the front row, just like, yes, give us I the mean, information. I mean, honestly, the requirement for high school stuff in terms of history, it was like, oh, learn your Canadian history, your World War One, World War Two kind of thing, all that stuff. Yeah, Canadian I didn't really, history. I didn't really take, like, world history. I mean, I knew, like, history's written by the victor and all that stuff. I knew most of the stuff because of, you know, cadets and everything. Uh, I didn't really take any really check into world history it was actually a friend of mine that i met my last year of high school who was like a massive like world history buff and there's a lot about um like all that stuff in the past julius caesar most a lot of the kings i was actually trying to dm her right now and be like hey i need your i need some help right now they're they're talking about famous great leaders please throw me a lifeline with some with some info and she hasn't responded yet so i don't think a guy with egg on his face Fair enough. Thank you, everybody, for the questions. This was a fun one. High standard uh, for the first show of next week. With that, though, we will talk some hockey, and we will talk about the Florida Panthers sweeping the Carolina Hurricanes, winning Game 3 by the score of one to nothing. It was worth noting, uh, Eric Brown on Twitter pointed this out, Uh, Their attendance for that game on Monday was 19,873. The capacity of the uh, Florida or FLA Live Arena is 19,250. But again, no, move the Florida Panthers. You see how that's quieted down because they have a good team that makes the playoffs and people are like, okay, I'll make the trek for that. Uh, Sam Reinhart scored the game in a goal. Second period power play tally. The biggest talking point for this, though, was the no call on a Sam Reinhart high stick to Shane Goss despair. About two minutes left in regulation. This should have been a penalty because, God, so the fucking broadcast coverage, like, well, it hit him in the visor. That's still a high stick, stick, you Neanderthal. You really step on people's throats this episode. Holy shit. I'm sorry, (laughs) but still. It's true, but then the counter argument is like, okay, you could still book Goss Despair for the sell job because he did sell the shit out of it. That's a um, Dolph Ziggler esque sell right there. <laughs> Honestly, <laughs> best in the game. <laughs> Good strong comparison there. Fair enough. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean, it was just one of those things where it's like, all right, it just kind of is what it is. It's NHL officiating, right? Like, we know this, we yeah. love this, we don't love this, but we know this, and 
no one was necessarily surprised. Uh, Sergey fans are bitching about this, uh, stop. Because <laughs> y'all know you got away with a high stick in that one game where you beat the Lightning. So, Yeah, that's, that's true. Too. Again, it's just... Or that should be evidence that the league sucks. <laughs> oh, it's evidence that the league sucks. All right. Yeah, yeah. Like, no one takes it as that. It's whatever happened recently for that team. The refs are on their side. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. Uh, which, in fairness, I mean... I don't know about you, but I can look at Facebook memories uh, from like 2009 when I'm a freshman in high school. Oh <laughs> and boy, it's like yeah. the fucking refs and the Bruins. Yeah, I was like that. I'll, I'll 100% say I, I admit to you being like that at times. You grow um, out of it, though. You hope at yeah, least. You hope. Like, there's still some times where I'm like, what the fuck? I still, for that for that period of time, and I, I, again, I'm not going to, I'm going to die in the hill that I think I was actually. Um, I'm at, this is a valid point where it was it, I think that it went to like three plus seasons um, where the Sharks simply didn't win a challenge mm. um, when so many of them should have been won by the rule book, even by the interpretation of the rules. Uh, and I, I was doing a life count on that every time the Sharks had a challenge and didn't win. I would I, would, I had the like, I don't know if anyone remembers advocates. that <laughs> I had the count of how many days. Or maybe even games it was, but I'm pretty sure it was days. And it was like a absurd number that the Sharks like weren't getting challenge victories and other stuff like that. Like, So I, I could still get into that at times, because, but that's more of a league thing. Yeah. Where de- there, there are favorites um, when it comes to DOPS and the overall league divisions. There simply are. Yeah. Or at least teams that certain people don't like as much. Look at who George Paris will fucking suspend the most and what teams they play for. Just saying. Hmm. Coincidence. Pure yeah. coincidence. Uh, but Sergei Bobrovsky in that third game gets the shutout, 32 of 32, his first career playoff shutout, which is kind of crazy. Freddie Anderson on the other side for the Hurricanes played well, stopped 16 of 17. The Panthers had just 17 shots on goal in game three. Still get the one nothing shutout. It's Panthers hockey. Fucking stupid, my God. Um, the biggest story, at least we thought, was going to be the injury to Sasha Barkov, who was uh, injured in the middle of Game 3, did not return, but did return for Game 4, and GG's, that's it. The Panthers uh, winning Game 4, Sergei Bobrovsky stopping 36 of 39, so he actually looked human. I'll have a stat about that in a second. Anderson, 20 of 24 stopped. And the Panthers, you could argue won this game moments into the first period when Sam Bennett drops Jacob Slavin with a heavy, heavy hit. Slavin doesn't return to the game, and that really kind of set the tone. It was a clean hit, uh, which is shocking for Sam Bennett. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I, I looked at that so hard trying to find something he did wrong. I'm like, mm, that's he a did. clean hit, dude. Like, that's a great hockey hit. Just That's a not very a Jacob unfortunate fucking outcome. Truba hit, yeah. Yeah, very, very unfortunate outcome for Slavin to see his season end uh, in that way. Uh, Anthony Duclair scored 41 seconds in. Matthew Kachuk scored on the power play, but the Canes tied it at two, then had to tie it at three, but with five <laughs> seconds left, Matthew Kachuk on the power play ends the series and wins it for the Florida Panthers as they head to the Stanley Cup final for the first time since 1996. That was clutch. 
I will say that. I'm going to go run and get some water, but that was a clutch one by Matthew Kachuk, who's been like, he's had, what, four game-winning goals so far this entire... The one thing about Matthew Kachuk that I've noticed is he's very quiet. You you very rarely see him make plays until he needs that play happen. Like, he's, he's the deciding factor in, in so many games, because, like, when you're when just watching the games, like, I see him and he's on the ice, but he's always the the clutch guy who gets everything done. Four of his nine goals in the playoffs have been game winners. Exactly. Maybe. It's ridiculous. Uh, uh, yeah, I'd say he's he's no, for me, he's noticeable on any shift, but I'm one of those guys who always look at the little things that, that players do. Uh, he's so fucking good. Mm. And yeah, I love that it's him. And my God, that is it, it completes what we all kind of what you and I especially wanted for the memes, which is Carolina Hurricanes are now 0-12 in their conference finals appearances since winning the cup. <laughs> How though? How? It's in, it's one of the craziest stats I think I've ever seen for a team that has been so consistently good. They get to the third round and they fall apart time and time again. It's insanity to me. They could not win when it mattered. They didn't. And I think we talked about it a bit last time. They they don't have someone who can take over. They don't have that bona fide superstar. I love Sebastian Ajo. I don't consider him a play-driving superstar. He's a star, but he's not. he doesn't take over games. Mm. Matt Kachuk. I think that's fair takes over fucking games and he's done it time and time again and i know people like to shit on him and say like he doesn't do anything and then he scores i'm like no he does like you need to open your eyes that that guy he play makes he hits he four checks he scores and he gets under people's skin within the lines too he'll cross the line every now and then but he's not a jamie ben or a sam bennett who's constantly over the line like Mm. skating you know like over the line or yeah (laughs) like Obviously, we'll talk about Jamie Benn here very, very soon as well. Uh, there was the number. The Panthers were in a playoff spot for only 28% of the regular season. That equates to 54 days out of the 190. They were in a playoff spot. They are the only team in the NHL's expansion era to reach the final after spending less than 30% of the season in a playoff spot. The previous low was 32 by the 2019 St. Louis Blues, which is... Yeah. Which is Who crazy. Did, and didn't they win their division? Like almost. They were in last place. Then they got I know they weren't a wild card in twenty nineteen, the blues. I don't think at least. Give me one second to look that up. It will not take me very long to do so. Like they were dead last, um, and then I think they made it into a secure spot in the playoffs. I could third. be wrong though. Okay. Yeah. So still wasn't a wild card spot, which is fucking one impressive. Point, one point off of the division win, by the way. They had ninety nine points, as did Winnipeg. Nashville had a hundred. That's nuts. Yeah. Last place on uh, January 1st or something like that. Mm -hmm. They turned that around. Again, that Blues championship win, I hate that it was against the Bruins because I can't fully enjoy the fact that they did that and how insane that is because it came at the expense of my favorite team. Yeah. But it is still one of the craziest things in recent sports history, 100%. Uh, However, it's, it's stats like that that I enjoy but I'm still seeing a lot of this, and I'm I'm sick of it already. I am. From Money Puck. If the Penguins didn't lose to Chicago on April 11th, then Florida would have missed the playoffs by one point. 
Boston gets through the first round, probably, and Kyle Dubas still has a job. And then there was April 11th, Chicago 5, Penguins 2. The game that changed hockey. The Penguins lost, clinches the playoff berth for the Panthers. Chicago moves back in the lottery order. The Panthers are now one win away from the cup final. Chicago gets Connor Bedard. I fucking, the one thing I hate the most about, most, I've seen this a lot in hockey or in every other sport, it's revisionist history. Looking back at, oh, you know, what if, if this happened and, oh, this whole thing would have, a whole different change of everything, a different team want to get it. It's like, just, just shut up. It's an 82-game season. Yeah. Like, you can sit there and say, like, yes, this definitely had an impact, but the idea that it's this one game, Pittsburgh and Chicago, this is where everything changed forever. Like, no, it's not, because you have to factor in all the other games that Pittsburgh lost that season. You could literally go... You could literally go down the list of every loss the Penguins had all season and say, there it is. That's the one that changed hockey history. Like, I get it. It's it's the Patrick Stefan thing. Oh, my God. He missed an empty netter in January. They lost in overtime. And then, oh, my God, because of that, Patrick Kane ends up in Chicago. Like, there's so many other factors, too. It's just it's lazy. It's lazy. And maybe I don't like fun. Maybe I made fun of Dallas Stars fans last night. Because oh, during the anthem, uh, stars and stripes. Okay, like it's just, it's just one of those things where maybe I don't fucking like fun, but much like teams being like, oh, the name of our team is in the anthem, we have oh, to yell it. He said Toronto. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> it is literally that fucking clip of the rock. <laughs> Bottom line is, like I said, like I get it. It's fun to be like, man, if Pittsburgh didn't fucking lose. <laughs> but to be like, oh, yep, that's it. That's the one game. Pittsburgh-Chicago. The game that changed hockey. Fucking barf. I don't like it. I'm old. Don't like you. Get okay, off any- my lawn. Basically. <laughs> it's a picture of Sanders. Get off Fuck. my lawn. Anyway. Uh, love it. Anyway. Uh, Matthew Kachuk, I have equated him to this time and time again. He is the hero of the movie who whips his fucking 82 Firebird around, get in losers, and carries this Panthers team that looked like they were dead in the water after last season because they were. They won the President's Trophy, and they got just punked in round two by Tampa, and all of a sudden it's, oh, my God, we gave up this much for Claude Giroux. We gave up how much for Ben Sherratt? Fuck. And then the trade. Where it's, oh my god, you gave up. Okay, Huberdeau, but Uyghur too? Mm-hmm. Sure. Then you fired Andrew Burnett. And you bring in Paul Maurice, who was tempted to quit hockey. Are you sure? And here they are. And again, Kachuk. Uh, three game-winning goals versus the Hurricanes. <laughs> assisted on the other game-winning goal. Two of them, of course, in overtime, and one with five seconds left. Yeah. And there was a set of stats out there. The most points in someone's first season with a team. And I'm going to get the updated number here because I believe this was before game number four. So give me uno momento because Matthew Kachuk had 109 points 
in the regular season, which is still goddamn hilarious. And he now has 21 points in 16 games in the playoffs this year. So he has, obviously, 130 points, trailing only Tamu Solani in his debut season with the Jets, who had 138 points. Wayne Gretzky's debut season with the Oilers, where he had 140 points. And Wayne Gretzky's debut season with the Kings, where he had 190 points. Regular season <laughs> and playoffs, because Wayne Gretzky stats, they'll never get old. Jesus. Um, yeah. It is legitimately one of... It is a top four season from a points production standpoint, all time, regular season and playoffs for someone in his first season with the team. And he's eight points away from tying Tamu Solani. And obviously, Tamu Solani's rookie season is fucking stuff of legends at this stage. When, you know, again, what he yeah, did. I couldn't even beat his rookie goal t- total on Beer Pro. Yeah. <laughs> I, got, I got 72, but I couldn't get that. I couldn't get past 76, man. I like, guess fucking crazy. <laughs> Yeah, he had uh, Solani, by the way, 92-93, 22 years old, had six points in six games in the playoffs, but regular season was 132 points in 84 games, including 76 goals as a 22-year-old. Dumb. That'll never be touched again. No. Never, ever. Another aspect of this team, because there's been a lot of talk, um, even before you guys were with me on this show, about Bill Zito. And the praise that he deserves. There are only three players on this roster who were drafted by the Panthers. That's Ekblad, Barkop, and Lundell. And a good chunk of this team is recently acquired in the past few years. Uh, If you go on Cap Friendly and on the depth chart, it shows how each person was acquired. Um... You know, Carter Verhage signed, Anthony Duclair is a free agent, Nick Cousins traded for Bennett, traded for Kachuk, Lou Osterine and Sam Reinhart, Brandon Montour. Um, they got him on waivers, didn't they, Montour? Uh, for Montour, it says traded uh, April 10th, 2021. And that trade was uh, Montour for a third round pick. Fucking hell, that third round Montour for a scratcher, a lottery scratcher, literally. Basically, Steven, S-T-I-V-E-N. Steven? (laughs) Sardarian? Steven Sardarian is what we'll go with. Um, Who played in the NCAA this year for the New Hampshire Wildcats. Fisher Cats. No, I'm just kidding. Wild. And uh, had seven points in 29 games as uh, as a right wing. So cool. there's uh, there's that. How many years left on Montour's deal, by the way? Uh, Brandon Montour's deal is up at the end of this year. Ooh, damn. If only Last I had year, one He's going to get fucking paid. He's going to get paid, and the Panthers should walk away. Um, oh, 100%. Yeah. No, that's, yeah. that's the type of guy that you let go after the season. Yeah, for sure. absolutely. Just I was going to say, if he had one more year on his contract, trade him. Trade him like sell high. Completely uh, agree. <laughs> Not that I don't yeah. think Brandon Montour couldn't duplicate this, but the odds are against him. Yeah, they're before. astronomical. You yeah. see how quickly he turned he cooled off in the playoffs after the, like seven goals in as many games or something nuts like that. I don't know if he's gotten a goal <laughs> since. 
God, let me uh, look at Montour's most recent games here because uh, you're not inherently wrong. Uh, let's see. Let's look at the scoring log on Hockey Reference. So, he has not scored. Okay, <laughs> fuck me. This is terrible. Oh, boy. All right. Florida-Boston playoffs. Scores a goal. Game one. Two goals in game two. Uh, well, no, oh yeah, two goals in game two. Jesus. Uh, he hasn't picked up a point. I believe... Was this game three against Toronto? <laughs> he hasn't picked up a point since game one against Toronto. Yeah. I'm going to double check that because that seems impossible. Back to the old Montour. Let's see. Nine points in the playoff. Yeah, he has not picked up a point. Since game one against yeah. Toronto, and that was a goal. I had a conversation with someone about this on Twitter who said that he should be up in the conversation with Kachuk and Bobrovsky for most valuable. I'm like, no. And I'm like, but have you seen his puck move? I'm like, guess what? Yes, he's a good puck mover, but when his scoring dries up, the man is not good in his own end. Know who mm -hmm. else moves the puck well? Aaron Eckblad. And he's good in his own end. And mm -hmm. so if you're if you're Brandon Montour, if you want to keep up there with being super valuable, like you have like you're gonna have to keep putting up those points if you're a good puck mover who's a little shaky in his own end. You have to put up points, and that's why you know Eric Carlson would get a lot of the heat that he did in San Jose with all the injuries he was dealing with because he was he wasn't putting up the points. Now he did, and hopefully the Sharks sell because it's time. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> um, so we mentioned that Toronto series. The Panthers have just one loss, Game Four against the Leafs, since being down three-one to the Bruins. In round one. <laughs> Again, another set of circumstances where I'm like, I wish I could fully enjoy this, but it came at the expense of my own team. Um, and also the stalls are on the Panthers, two out of three of them, at least. That yeah, that's, uh, that's that's the one thing that makes me not like cheering for them. It's because every time I see those fucking dudes, I'm like, oh, so yeah. likable otherwise. I know it's a perfect story other than them. So, fun stuff there. I'll continue to to be a hater, as I'm sure some people will label me for that. Um, in this round, Panthers were led in scoring by Kachuk and Barkov, who each had five points. Bobrovsky allowed six goals in four games, three of them in game four. <laughs> he had a 966 save percentage in the series. Oh, Leafs man. fans are vindicated. You guys totally get goalied, and, and it was nothing that had to do with you. There you go. Yeah, Fucking same for Bruins fans. We are we're off the hook. <laughs> Fucking Christ. Except um, uh, you still need defense. Yeah. And so shout out you know, to Florida's defense. Their systems works for Bobrovsky. When is the time where we have to see Bobrovsky pull off miracles? How many miracles have we seen Bobrovsky pull off in these playoffs? He's made good saves, but to that point. You mentioned their style, and their mm -hmm. style is to let him see the puck. Yeah. So that's it's that question of, and that's why <laughs> they can have 17 shots on goal in a game, but still win one to nothing, despite Bob making, what was it, 36 saves in game three, is because it goes against the typical idea of, hey, get bodies in front, try to block shots to help out the goalie. It's no. Good luck Force them to the Radko outside. Fucking screaming in your face. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Woo! 
<laughs> it's force them to the outside, but make sure Bob can see the puck. Yeah. Seems kind of obvious, but Jesus Christ, doesn't it work? So, just kind of crazy. Now, obviously, That's why we'll the talk Leafs more. Picked apart Vasilevsky because he couldn't fucking see the puck half the time. Yeah. Yes, definitely, definitely. Now, we will talk more about the Florida Panthers once we know for sure who they're playing in the final. Obviously, we'll talk more about them throughout the final. The Carolina Hurricanes, unfortunately, are being summed up by this quote from Rod Brindamore. The unfortunate part is that we're going to look back and everyone's, say, and everyone's going to say that we got swept. And that's not what happened. It did. It did. Now... Me. You know what he's trying to say. Yes, yes. It was this like, was not a one-sided series. We didn't get our asses kicked. It's arguably, and I agree with it, it's arguably the closest sweep of all time. There's one Ev more that's closer. For Linda versus Habu in that semifinals. <laughs> oh, man. But it is arguably the closest sweep of all time. Carolina... Yeah. Finished this series with a negative four goal differential. They lost every game by a goal, two of them in overtime. That's insane. It is absolutely insane. It's just, unfortunately for Rod, the way that he uh, worded this left him yeah. open for prime dunk then material. Again, he he kind of seemed a bit lost in press conferences sometimes. Like, did you, like his post-game three, I think it was, press conference, he was, like, smiling. Like, he seemed happy. And with how his team was playing, and I guess you kind of have to be at one point, and you're just like, they're just not going in. It's like, but in the playoffs, you have to score. Like, event, like you yeah. have to be able to score. I don't care who it's against. Like, that's the goal. And they didn't. I mean, they yeah. had six players with two points, and that was it. No one had over two points for the Hurricanes in that series, which is just simply not that going to get it done. Lack of superstar on that team. Great depth, no superstar. They had the goaltending. Uh, Ranta and Anderson combined for a 921 save percentage, a 189 goals against average, and a goal saved above expected of a 3.69. 0 for 4. They got swept. That just, you're not going to see a series play out like this all that often. Yeah. Um, it's fucking rough for Hurricanes fans. It's rough for that team in general because now it leaves them with the situation of huh what do we do next and in looking at their team that's a very good question now their roster on cap friendly has been shifted over to next year so we do know RFA Yessi Pugliarvi you bring him back he's not going to command much anyway at this point like he's just he's He's a bottom sixer, not a top sixer. It's just what it is. Uh, Dylan Coughlin, Max Lajoie, also RFAs. UFAs, Jesper Faust, who this year was making, I believe, $2 million against the cap, had nine points in 15 playoff games, probably in line for a raise. Do you want to pay him more? Mackenzie McEachern, decent in the playoffs, wouldn't be too expensive. Jordan Stahl, Paul Stashney, Derek Stepan. What do you do with those guys who have, uh, God, what is, let's see, the average age of uh, those three is 34 years old? Defensively, Calvin DeHaan, Shane Gostisbehere, UFAs. 
And then in goal, Freddie Anderson and Antti Ranta are both UFAs, as are Andre Kasha and Max Pacioretty, who ended the season on IR. They'll have some money to play with, $24 million in projected cap space, but this is going to go down as a crucial offseason for the Canes in terms of you got to figure this thing out and get it on track. Or eventually you're going to, even though it would be a terrible decision, or would it? Are we already at the point where the conversation is, is Rod Brindamore good enough to get them over the hump? Are we already at that conversation point? Seems like might it. Be. But I think, I think he's done so much more with that roster than a lot of other people could. Oh, 100%. But yeah. eventually it's like, well, shit, do we get rid of the core? Do we get, like, don't get me wrong. I am not in any way arguing like, oh, yeah, Rod Brindamore should go. I think that would be a brutal no, yeah. mistake from Carolina. But you eventually get to that point of, well, who's the first to go? It's easier to get rid of the coach than it uh-huh. is to say, okay, let's rebuild and, by moving on from some of our stars. And also, what's the core of Carolina? That's a very, very good question. <laughs> mm-hmm. There's a lot of fucking useful players. Who's the core? Obviously, maybe Aho's your like untouchable. Aho. Terbinen. So okay, so Aho Slavin. has Aho has one year left at eight point five. So you got to make a decision with him soon. He'll be he UFA okay? at the end of it. Oh my god, dude, this has gone by quick. I forget how, how old is Aho now. How old am I? Twenty five. Ah, okay. 26 over the summer and obviously there was the offer sheet from Montreal oh, yeah. that led to him getting this cap it yep Dave Oteravainen 5.4 million UFA at the end of next year at least they have one more year third most expensive forward Jesperi Kotkaniemi 7 years left 4.82 million I for- wait it was I forgot it was that long 43 points in the regular season, 7 and 15 in the playoffs. That's not too bad for the cap hit, but you do want a little bit more. And then RFA is at the end of next year. Martin Natchez, Jack Drury, Seth Jarvis, Ryan Suzuki, Jameson Reese, like a lot of their younger guys now where it's like, uh, and pretty much everyone I mentioned there is between the age of 21 and 23. Yeah. Um, it's a lot of the young guys now where it's like, okay, they have to be able to step up. And if they can't, that's going to put the Hurricanes into a very, very rough spot. But they do is, have that, in theory, next in line crop about yeah. ready to go. Is Nason not a UFA this year? Don't tell me he has another year on cheap. He has one year left at 762. Unfucking real. Yeah. Wow. And you got to take advantage of contracts like that. You have to. Like, Nason is a. He's always been a solid player. He's always going to be a solid role player. But the fact that he broke out this year, especially in the playoffs, too, is a huge, huge boon. And I think you can maybe try him him as a middle six guy next season, see how it goes. And in goal, I mentioned Anderson and Ranter UFAs, but the extension for Peter Kachekov kicks in four years, two million. It's just a matter of who's going to be that 1A, 1B with him. Mm -hmm. And will he be the 1A for them next season? We'll see. That's also an incredible deal. Four years at two million? Yeah. What? Actually, if he can play like it looked like he, to the standard that it looks like he can. Yeah. But we'll see. So interesting times for Carolina ahead, certainly. And then there is the Western Conference final that, well, we thought we might be talking about a sweep today, but we are not. Uh, Vegas now up 3-1 in the series. They won game three, 4 nothing. I mean, 
there's a there's a fair amount to talk about from this game. Vegas yep. was up three zero just seven minutes and ten seconds into the game. Ottinger I know what Wedgwood. that's like. <laughs> <laughs> just the door is blown off immediately, and Dallas pretty much had no shot. Ottinger stopped just two of five. Hey, those, are, those are good at bats too. You, you go two for five in a game. <laughs> <laughs> One of them was a double RBI double at that. Um, Wedgwood only faced eleven shots, stopped ten of them. So I mean, Vegas just turtled up. Uh, yeah. Aiden Hill stopped thirty-four of thirty-four in a shutout victory. But aside from the scoreline, the other thing people were talking about, Jamie Ben suspended for two games for trying to behead. Mark Stone via guillotine. Um, and more so than the actions, it was his actions afterwards. He left the arena yeah. without speaking to the media and then spoke the next day only to say this. This quote coming from friend of the show, who, of course, we've had on our uh, trade deadline special two years in a row, Mr. Danny Webster of the Las Vegas Sun. Quote, the game happens fast. Emotions are high. Obviously, I would have liked to have not fallen on him and to use my stick as a landing point. Whew. I mean, just the, the That's language. An yeah, the language of that. Oh, uh, my God. Well, uh, here's the thing uh, NHL DOPS, this is your boy. You've allowed yeah. him to do this. Yeah. You've allowed him, you've bred him into this by not ever punishing him for his dirty ass plays because he's been dirty his entire career. I don't yeah. care if he hasn't been suspended. He has been dirty his entire career. It should tell you something that he hasn't been fucking suspended. It should tell you something about the DOPS. By the way, him and George Paros are friends. Hmm. Nepotism? Never. Not in the NHL. No. Um, I'd like to think most reasonable Stars fans would say, uh, at the very least, yeah, he, he walks that tightrope. That's the best you can say about him in terms of... Uh, Dirty or not for Jamie Ben. Very similar to Gabriel Landeskog with Colorado. Like, look, I think most people know, right? Like that guy, he had his moments. Yeah. Hopefully, again, his career isn't over. But obviously, I mean, this this might go down as Jamie Ben's biggest legacy is this quote of using my stick as a landing point to the point where Frank Saravalli on Twitter quote, "Damn, I wish this fork would stop making me so fat." Yeah. Um, God damn. Uh, honestly, poor he's Dallas. Getting, he's getting the letter stripped off his chest. He should. And if That's the question, right? It's such a tough look. How do you leave this guy as your captain? Refuse to face the media afterwards. Pulls this shit in a crucial game three. And won't go down on his wife. And won't go down <laughs> on his wife. Not a leader. Piece of shit. He's um, a follower. So, <sighs> fortunately for him, Stars win game four. He will be suspended for game five. But, yeah, I don't know how you don't take the captaincy off of him and give it to, uh, oh, Bebelski. I don't know, Miro Haskinen, Rupe Hintz, someone who's actually fucking shown up in the playoffs. I can get on board with that, but it's got to be Pavelski. Or Joe Pavelski if he sticks around. And, obviously, he'll be the big talking yeah, yeah, point. That's the thing. Yeah, he's um, not. Like, it's, it should be on Haskinen. One yeah. of the Finns. You know why? Because they're leaders. True. Um, obviously, Sin, you mentioned Department of Player Safety, a lot to blame for this. They haven't cracked down on garbage like this hard enough. I mean, Petrangelo, yep. the slash on Dreisaitl, so on and so forth. Um, Stars fans littering the ice 
at a, uh, the end of the second period, after a Max Domi cross-check on Nick Hague led to a 10-minute misconduct, uh, Domi was also fined, apparently, for a slash on Stone, not Hague, so I guess there was another incident. Um, but yeah, they literally iced to the point with like 22 seconds left. They just got to be like, all right, we're going to end the period, and it'll carry over at the start of the third. Um, Aiden Hill had fucking popcorn thrown on him, and he had the quote here, uh, I guess everything was just hitting me tonight. After That's a 34 brilliant. save shutout, which Aiden Hill, Jesus Christ, put him in a body bag. And obviously the stands were fucking empty at the end of that game. Uh, the Stars president, uh, Brad Alberts, released a statement apologizing for the fans on behalf of the fans. And all looked fucking dead in the water. And then Dallas wins game four, three to two in overtime. They gave up a very early goal to William Carlson. Uh, both he and Marcheseau scored in this game for Vegas, their eighth of the playoffs each. <clears throat> Jason Robertson almost single-handedly wills the Stars back into it with his fifth and sixth of the playoffs. And then it was on the power play with Braden McNabb in the box. Joe Pavelski's overtime winner, his ninth of the playoffs, keeps Dallas' season alive. Captain America. He <sighs> is by. He is such a clutch player, by the way. God. Literally in the NHL, historically, he is the most clutch player. In terms of most career postseason goals amongst active players, he has passed Alex Ovechkin, taking the lead now with 73. Uh, So obviously having more than the likes of Obi Crosby, Malkin, and Pavelski at 38 years and 318 days old is the oldest player in NHL history to score an overtime goal when his team is facing elimination. Wow. He's probably the oldest one to do that. On a Wednesday, on a Thursday with a I full know, moon just around fucking, the corner. and Fucking uh, beat me to it. I hate <laughs> stats like that. I'm such a hater, but I hate stats like that. It's like, he's the first player on a Wednesday in May to get Dunkin' Donuts and score an overtime winner. But he didn't get the cappuccino. He got the fucking Boston cream and a fucking coffee, two sugars. I know. Like, these like, stats what are, are like, these fucking stats? Fuck they you. They get so much more intricate and intense that like they just <laughs> so have to baseball. say, he was the first to. I'm like, bro, he's it's the so oldest baseball. player to score. An OT goal when his team is facing elimination. Like, such a specific circumstance. Like, I, I get how this matters, sure. But also, it's like, the circumstances that they sometimes come up with are fucking hilarious. It is. It is. God damn it. I fucking hate it, though. Um, Ottinger, game four, shows up. Stops 37-39. to 39. I don't understand this guy anymore. It's either he is a trash bag or he's everything that people thought he was in mm-hmm. terms of a clutch playoff performer. I, it's so yeah. frustrating. Um, has to be even more so for Stars fans because it just it does not. Probably for him too. Fair. I mean, yeah. When you yeah. know the level you can play at and you just can't get it done consistently right now, it's yeah. it's got to be a fucking pain in the ass. Uh, Aiden Hill stopped 39 to 42, so he had a good game, but again... <sighs> Stars when I know Aiden Hill. You want a reminder of what the trade was, Sin? You, you no. know what it is. You know what it was. No. Aiden Hill was acquired by the San Jose Sharks on July 17th, 2021, alongside a seventh round pick in 2022 for goaltender Yosef Kozanash and a 2022 second round pick. One year and one month later, Aiden Hill was traded to Vegas on August 29th, 2022 for a fourth-round pick in 2024. Stonks. 
But that fourth round pick could be anything. They could even be in Hill. You know how much we wanted one of those. <laughs> yeah, it's it's frustrating because I, I wanted him to have more of a chance. The Sharks were terrible and ass. And like he's probably not as good as he's playing because, again, the deeper you go in the playoffs, your team's playing a good defensive system. I always knew he had this capability. Also, he's a big goaltender. You love big goaltender, and he competes. Like that was the re- main reason for the Sharks getting him. It's real hard to keep competing on a team that's <laughs> as terrible as the Sharks were, true. But again, even if we turn it around quickly, by the time we're good again, he's going to be entering or in his thirties. So it didn't make sense to keep him. But that is, it's such a bad sequence of trades. But also, it's two different GMs. I'm pretty sure. Uh, I believe you're correct. So. so. Yeah. Yeah. In the series so far, Golden Knights led by Marcheseau, Barbashev, and Nick Waugh, four points each. Uh, only only one player, because this is Vegas, this is what they do, only one player in the series has failed to register a point, and that's Nick Haig. Everyone Get else good. has a point. It's... <laughs> Fucking scrub Nick Haig. in Max Domi's face again. Yeah. God damn. That guy's um, huge, by the way. <laughs> I didn't yeah. realize how big he was. He's a fucking monster. I love him. <laughs> Um, if I were him, I would have dropped Domi, though. Like, yeah, I know he's not gonna because he doesn't have to, and it's funnier the other way, but, like, it would have been kind of cool to see him drop the gloves, and then, man, if Max Domi was able to level him, <laughs> that would have been even better. That's Everyone why, like, if you're that big, you don't fight. Yeah. <laughs> in that situation. You it's don't. very true. You don't. And it's it's for two reasons. Because, okay, so I had this experience, right, as a taller person. It's funny, Sin, because Sports Gamer released the, uh, the graphic, uh, we had a little photo shoot in Finland, uh, and they released the graphic of Sin and I back to back, arms crossed, like the buddy cop you mean movie. Which... My back to your ass, pretty much. <laughs> oh, fuck. <laughs> Fair. Um, uh, and it was one of those things. Like that was more of an outtake than anything. Yeah. Um, I don't the know photographer, why she was that. very nice, but she didn't really give us directions. She's like, ah, try whatever. Yeah, I'm gonna say she wasn't quite a photographer. Especially Fair. with the way that picture came out, the lighting was really bad. Um, but that's that's just me and my training coming into. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, but yeah, that was supposed to be one of the outtakes. They ended up using that, and a lot of people were just like, "Jesus, how how sin short? Is he tall? What the hell is going on?" I'm average um, height, assholes. You are, you are, and I am. Uh, again, I always. I, I'm always taller than like, Johnny Gaudreau. I know that. There you go. Um, you always hate to say it, um, but technically, I'm six two and a half. I round down to six two because I don't need to be six three. Like I have enough fucking time. Really, that's it? I thought you were like six four. No, no, six Ugh. two and a half. He's wearing uh, limbs. That's why. Unless I'm shrinking, maybe, maybe, maybe I am. That's my secret, dude. I have a hard enough time like sitting on fucking airplane seats comfortably without the extra fucking yeah. leg room. You think I want to be taller? See, Fuck so that. here's the flip side. I'm I'm five nine. And a half, maybe sometimes a bit more, probably near five ten when I wake up in the morning. But I'll say five ten, sometimes. But I know the same centimeters height. are better because then I'm one hundred seventy six. Fucking huge, huge. <laughs> <laughs> to that point, though, about height. Growing up for me in school, it would always be the fucking short, douchebag, scrappy kids that would try to poke and prod you to get them to fight, because there's no winning if you're if you're taller. Mm-hmm. Because mm-hmm. either you look like an asshole for going after somebody that you have a clear size advantage on. So if you beat them, well, what the fuck? Obviously, you beat them. Look at how fucking big you are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The flip side is if you fucking lose, you get dunked on. 
There is literally no winning as someone, if you fight someone who is four, five inches shorter or more, you cannot win. You either look like an asshole or you get clowned on because you lost. There's no way. Yeah. So, yeah, that was a good amount of the high school experience of just wanting to fucking throttle somebody. <laughs> but being like, I can't do it. Like, there's no point. Uh, not that I'm the toughest guy in the world, but I wanted to kick that kid's ass. Um, Aiden Hill in the playoffs. This series, 943 save percentage. Uh, just to twist the knife there for you sin a little bit more. Stars, on the other hand, uh, led by Robertson and Hints, five points each. But only 10 of 21 skaters to have played in the series for Dallas have recorded a point in the series. And Ottinger has an 886 save percentage. Oof. But Smart. come back. They might do it. Vegas is in trouble. Mm. Good luck. Vegas Start is not in trouble. Vegas is in trouble only when they lose this next game and then have to go back to Dallas for six. Agreed. Agreed. It's, it's kind of what's going on with the NBA conference final right now with the Celtics. So we're down 3-0. Mm-hmm. And now all of a sudden it's 3-2. So Miami heading home for six. It's like, oh, fuck. Like, we definitely can't lose. At least like, they're heading the, home for six. Like, yeah. But. Yes, but all the pressure gets flipped Yeah. in yeah. terms of, you know, just that set of circumstances. So <laughs> Vegas um, needs to win it on home to, uh, tonight. Is it tonight? No, tomorrow. 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 Yeah. They there need will to. Be, uh, Otherwise, we know how much momentum's in hockey. And uh, mm-hmm. let's recall, Vegas have blown series, and they've blown leads. Mm-hmm. They blew the that, – that's, again, something that people always forget about, that game seven, four-goal uh, power play that the Sharks had. They also came back from three games to one down in that series to win in seven. Mm. Like, that, that's the bigger picture there. We'll see what happens. Uh, I still say the Golden Knights win this series, Probably. and you, you have to yeah. favor them until you can't. And Yeah. I'll we'll favor them probably even if there's a game seven because they're a good team. As much as I don't like them, they're a fucking good team. Can't yeah, deny that. Yeah, I mean, that. That, that ruthless strategy has worked out. Like, they're back in the conference finals yeah. again. Like, they need this. Like, they desperately need to win because I'd say three years from now, it's going to be very, very tough for them to be competitive. And it's going to be a very long road back to the top. Or you just routinely keep flipping players. <laughs> That might continue to work, but I don't know. Like with the way they've been doing that, they keep having. um, God, I cannot find the words that I want to use. Diminishing returns. Every Mm -hmm. single time they've done that, they've had diminishing returns. I can get lucky and free and shoot with Petro. But again, you have to capitalize on that because Petro's 33. Mm. And he's got, what, six more years at eight point something million? I am not mistaken. Even if it's only five, that's not good. That's a long yeah. time, regardless. I can get you that exact number in about three seconds. Petrangelo has four years left at 8.8 million. Oh, that's it. Okay, that's a bit better, but still. He's getting traded in the next two years, knowing how Vegas is. 33 100%. years old. He turned 33 in January. Yeah, he's a little bit younger than I am. Older. 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 There you go. Our final two talking points here, because we mixed in some of the other ones. Um, really quickly, a Sens update. Uh, this whole ownership debacle, if it wasn't being deemed a debacle before, it's a fucking debacle now. From Frank Saravalli, more alarming details surfacing about the Nico Sparks-led bid to buy the Sens. Sources say within the last 24 hours, the Sparks Finance Group is still soliciting funding. 
Um, quote, this is an urgent matter, the Sparks Group wrote to prospective investors. Mm-hmm. Um, they Islanders fans might recall a certain owner who uh, said he had the money and didn't have the money. Um, you might want to get the Remington Group and Ryan Reynolds back into the fold, or I don't know if you're selling this team anytime soon. You might want to give up and give in for those uh, those exclusive negotiating rights from here. And guess what? That asking price or their demands just got a little bit better in their favor uh, as yep. opposed to the Sens ownership group. So uh, you can take the Eugene out of the Sens, but you can't take the Melnick out of the Sens. As, uh, yeah. I mean, they, are, they are his daughters. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, what do you? What do you <laughs> Apple forest fall, falls apart from the tree? I don't think so. Uh, not. <laughs> yeah, uh, but I think the worst part about it too is they had an, actually, an additional two hundred million dollars on top of the asking price. They wrote by mm. two hundred million. So that two hundred million they're gonna get for it, that's probably gone if they're trying to get the Remington group, group back. So it's gonna be really interesting to see what happens, or if Spanos somehow gets the money. Sparks as opposed to Spanos, sorry. sorry Spanos was we were alluding towards with the uh with the Islanders, but yeah. Yeah. Simil- it feels like a similar situation, essentially. So yeah. go figure. At least they haven't transferred ownership to this group yet, like the Islanders did to Spanos. Tremendous thirty for thirty documentary on that, by the way. One of my favorites. Final talking point of the bo- of the of the night of the of the podcast boys. There we go. Just combine six words. Kyle Dubas. Now, the other day he released a mostly nothing burger statement thanking the fans and such and such. He did mention, quote, not wanting to get into specifics of what he considers reasonable and consistent, but private discussions. Fuck you, Brendan. Yeah. Um, But then there were two different stories about Dubas that popped up. Uh, Taylor Haas of DK Pittsburgh Sports reported that Dubas met with Sidney Crosby at the Penguins practice facility late last Thursday. Tuesday. Um, this Thursday? Was it this Thursday? I said Tuesday. Doesn't it say Tuesday, Tuesday right there? Yeah, so it was yeah. this Tuesday. Sorry, not Thursday. My bad. Tuesday. Tuesday. Tuesday, isn't it? <laughs> um, so there's that in terms of the smoke you know, mm-hmm. being there for Kyle Dubas to the Penguins, which was smoke. Out- you're smoking. <laughs> oh, God, there's the free space. Tuki and Sin yeah. laugh about fucking Family Guy jokes from 2000. Um, <sighs> you know, the rumor was out there, like, and not even a rumor. Let's be honest. The Penguins floated this, or Kyle Dubas's agent floated yeah. this. Yeah. The idea of the Penguins will be in for Kyle Dubas if he leaves the Leafs. That was out there as the playoffs were starting. Mm-hmm. And that was out there with intent from one side or the other, if not both. There was the whole, oh, Kyle Dubas, it's Toronto or nowhere. That can change real fucking fast, depending on what's put pen to paper on that check and on that contract for what they're going to be paying you. It would be pretty surprising to me if Kyle Dubas is not the GM of the Pittsburgh Penguins within the next few weeks at the most. It just feels like it's going to happen. Yeah, I want it to happen. Fuck it. Forget those However, fucking 
Air War Maple Leaf fans who are like, oh, you can't be a fan of a GM and then fan of like a team itself. They have to be like, you know, you lose one, you're just a person. It's like, yeah, I like the work that he did. He did a pretty decent job. He got us the most success out of any fucking GM that's done it in Toronto. Granted, we got out of the first round once, but it's still better than anyone for the past fucking 20 years. So no, Endo, it's it's totally healthy to say once someone's gone, nah, fuck them. <laughs> it's totally healthy to do that. They were never any good. Fuck them. Yeah. Sure about that. Sure about that. <laughs> the one thing that could potentially, maybe, possibly put the pause to this. Multiple NHL player agents have raised concerns with the NHLPA over the fact that former Leafs GM Kyle Dubas and the team's star forward Austin Matthews are represented by the same agency, Wasserman Sports. The NHLPA has confirmed it's reviewing Dubas's relationship with his agents, uh, with his agent for a possible violation. What it comes down to is Dubas's agent is not NHLPA certified meaning that it inherently isn't a violation. But again, that agent does work for the same agency where another agent represents Austin Matthews and other players. And it, an agent was interviewed, and this is the funniest thing to me because this ends this conversation right here. There's nothing that's going to come of this. Quote, this is clearly prohibited under the regulations, one longtime agent said on Thursday, requesting an uh, anonymity because he was not authorized to speak on behalf of his firm. The next thing he said, quote, it is an unwritten, understood and longstanding practice that your guy down the hall doesn't work for the other side. I'd like the NHLPA to launch an investigation and draw their own conclusion. I repeat, quote, this is clearly prohibited under the regulations. Two seconds later, it is an unwritten, understood and longstanding practice. Which one is it, bud? Kids? Don't let your dreams be dreams. You, If you don't think you're smart enough to be an agent, to work in pro sports, you can be the dumbest motherfucker in the room. You still have a damn good shot because look at these fucking people that are in these positions. Yeah. Holy shit. I don't see how anything comes of this when literally you have a guy saying it's prohibited. It's unwritten. Like. Nothing's going to happen to Kyle Dubas out of this. Nothing. It's at least nothing major. At the most, it'll lead to a rule change. That's about it. But how possibly could there be a violation? Like, why would here? it matter if his if a GM's agent is NHLPA certified? He's not part of the NHLPA. I think there might be because <laughs> of bargaining, bargaining rights for the contract and stuff like that in the case of Austin Matthews and Kyle Dubas. Oh, Austin doesn't resign. He ends up in Pittsburgh for some fucking reason. I don't well, know. Well, they don't have the just... same agent. They just work for the same agency. Like that. Yeah. Right. You know, I'm sure there's more competition within that fucking agency than agents from that agency with agents of other agencies. Like, yeah. in a lot of ways. Like, I don't know. I mean, yeah. Like, like Endo said, it's either you believe that this could lead towards Matthews being Pittsburgh bound for cheaper than he should be, or. The only other potential scare of this would be, well, because they work for the same agency, would a player theoretically give that GM a good deal, which Austin Matthews absolutely fucking did not. Yeah. <laughs> like, I that's mean, not what happened at all. Theoretically, could it happen? I guess. But in this particular instance, 
uh, we know that Matthews and Marner both got their extra little numbers in there to feel all special, and yeah. Kyle Dubas has been raked over the coals for that in the past couple weeks. To be fair, at that point, Dubas did not have an agent. This is a relatively new development that he's gotten an agent. I'm pretty okay. sure I could be wrong, but that's at least what I've been hearing. <sighs> it's just... Would would this be news if it was any other GM other than the former GM of the Toronto Maple Leafs? No, it would not. This is this goes back to one of our viewer questions. Yep. <sighs> yeah, there you go. That's the perfect way to, to kind of wrap this show up full circle. There is a tremendous example for I you. got a better way to wrap it up. Did you hear that Marie Philippe Poulin and Laura Stacy, both of the Canadians women's national team, got engaged? I that's, did. That's news in Canada. To each other or yeah. Yes, their... to each other. Oh, that's so awesome. Yeah. Okay. We stand. I wasn't too power. sure about their obvious <laughs> their sexual yeah. preferences or relationships. So good yeah. shit. Yeah. People are I like, mean, this hey. is news. I'm like, are they yeah, on different teams, by the way? They are on the Canadian national team. I don't think. Uh, I think Marie Philippe Poulin and Laura Stacey are both a part of the PHWPA. So they aren't uh, PHF bound. I can check right now. PH. Hey, remember when we thought by now that there might be hope for uh, the one big women's league with all the best <laughs> female players in the world? Yeah. Yep, she's affiliated <laughs> with the Montreal chapter of the Professional Women's Hockey Players Association and member of the Canadian Women's National Ice Hockey Team. That's Laura Stacy. Their fucking league name is a mouthful. Holy shit. I just love the term Montreal chapter. It makes it sound like a gang. Yeah, we have a chap. With and... the Montreal chapter of the PWHPA. You know who you're fucking with? Pay up. I've been watching too much Sopranos lately. Sorry. <laughs> oh, it's so stupid. Gang, gang. Uh, yeah. I fucking hope they come to terms with each other and just kind of work together. Oh, they did. They're, They're getting married. Yeah, those two. If they No, listen. This would be perfect Got if em. one of them was the part of the PHF. It's like, wow, we have like two people in relationship together. Symbolism. Work together. Christ, you have two advertisers who won't work with each different company. Just work together. Come on, ladies. Yeah. Anyway, Women. all I was asking is if they played on separate teams in the women's league. I didn't. Uh, I wasn't see. asking about all their different roles that they I had even, in various thingies. She doesn't even play. In, she oh, doesn't okay. even go here. What the hell? Her, her, her Wikipedia says that she played in the, in the Dream Gap tour. And hasn't but been on there since. But where did she go since. to middle school? I don't fucking what, what, know. What did she like to eat for lunch, Endo? I don't. Plus, just because they worked in Toronto sports media for like a hot no, minute. No, that, that wasn't what to, I was making yeah. fun of you for. It's all okay. good, though. Yeah, you know, I might just Sopranos. Yeah, you, you got a black screen at this point. And just, it's Otherwise, over. Endo's going to be Googling for another 20 minutes. Yeah. Uh, well, hopefully, too, there there was a, an error message that just popped up for me, too. But, hey, at the very least, it would have happened at the end of the show, and I can always re-record this if I need to. Gentlemen, fun show. I did not think we'd hit two hours, but, damn, the viewer questions were strong today, and uh, that's where we ended up. Uh, Endo, anything to, to promote, anything to mention, aside from where someone went to high school and finished on their 11th grade track team at their meet at a rival high school? Bendo McGuire, please answer. He can't. <laughs> I can't. Um, no, I got nothing going on. Stream at eight o'clock. Endo Mills dot. 
EV, I guess. I don't know, man. I'm just going to buy a bunch of URLs and link places. Um, yeah. Uh, I stream at 8 p.m. every weekday, except for Wednesdays, because that's when I get my ass kicking hockey. Uh, so, yeah, that's all I do. Sin, Good. what's, up? what's yeah. up with you? Streaming on YouTube right now, and uh, I just got something in the mail that I'm very excited about, and it'll be used in me having a bunch of videos ready to go for when I'm in Finland, and I'm very excited. The phrasing of that sentence has me concerned. <laughs> <laughs> it's gaming-related. The phrasing of that sentence has me concerned. <laughs> Oh on a two-hour show, everybody. We're going to wind things down. Thank you again for listening, watching, supporting the Tiggy Steak Podcast. We will be back next week uh, for what might be Sin's last round of shows. We're getting there. Yeah, Jesus, when do you leave? The 5th of June. Yeah, so next week's your last week of shows. Yeah. Cool. Well, maybe the Florida Panthers would have won the Stanley Cup by then. <laughs> we might get lucky. We, mi yeah. we missed talking about the Stanley Cup final last year because we were both... Yeah. <laughs> but... We shall see what happens. For now, everybody, good night. Take care of yourselves. And uh, if you're at a sports sporting event and your team name is in the anthem, shut the fuck up. <laughs>